Welcome to the Fumble of the End Zone podcast. My name is Sean O'Connor, and with me as always is my uncle Johnny. Hey, bud. No Johnny Graham this week. His daughter's at his house, so he's hanging out with them. Um, quick note before we get into the show. Next week, we'll, I don't know if there will definitely be an episode or not. We'll have to figure out uh, what day we all can do it, because Friday night I'm going to SmackDown mm, in D.C., nice. so... Johnny's taking one of his girls. I'm taking Shade. So, uh, <laughs> is that true? Yeah. So, uh-huh. yeah, me and Shade are going. It just happened to work out that way. But, uh, so I'll be at SmackDown Friday night. So maybe we'll do Thursday or or, uh, or Saturday. We'll figure it out. Where, uh, wait, where, where is it happening? Where's the taping? Uh, DC. No, which part? What is it? Where, where the uh, capital? Verizon at? Center, T-Mobile. I don't know. Whatever the hell it's is that called. What it yet. Ca- is that what? Caps, is that what cap- Caps, Georgetown, and uh, oh, okay. The Bullets, uh, the Wizards, whatever their name is. Is it right in the heart of fucking DC? Uh, generally speaking, I think so. Um, I've been there a number of times. I mean, I know yeah. where generally where it is, but it's been so long. So, anywhere near the ballpark? No, different areas. Okay. So the ballpark's more by the Navy Yard. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So right, well, no, enjoy. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping The Rock's movie that he's filming went on hiatus for six weeks. There are six weeks till WrestleMania. See that? Same. Yeah, I, I know. I, I just if, if I hear if you smell, I'm gonna fall out of the top level of this arena to my death. As I yeah. jump in the sky, um, probably take out a few people with me, but <laughs> I'd say it would be worth it. <laughs> so you got good seats is what you're telling me. No, I'm, I've been like, the, well, so I like when I take the boys, well, when I took the boys, we were in uh, Georgia, we'd get lower level seats, but like the upper deck would be like wide open because they didn't yeah. sell those because a smaller arena and stuff like that. So they weren't. They knew what their ticket sales would be, so they tried to stay like on the main level. But I would sure. go up top, and we'd sit like in the middle of a section up there. Not, I, I was like, I kind of prefer it from up here and see everything. <laughs> well, no, especially, especially with the kids, it's a little. You yeah. want to be a little higher. And so, bought a ton of tickets that were like close or anything like that. So I was just like, well, let me see what they have. It's like uh, the opposite of the hard camera. It's like mm-hmm. the side that's on TV, but we're like in the top level like second row or whatever up there but i was like you know at least now i can just see everything yeah no that's why you'll have fun and like you said you're with adults you're not with kids so it's yeah so um but yeah no that'll be fun uh i hope that eventually another pay-per-view comes here because i would love to go to one of those especially now that they're on saturdays yeah no no it's it's uh it's nice nice time nice time it's a nice time of the year for the wrestling all the time this get leading up to wrestlemania it's it's their biggest thing. It's, you know, since 1985, still moving along. Regardless if you think, you know, I mean, it's it's definitely a change of even 15 years ago. Just the talent, the way they view the talent, the shit they do. Um, it's a good, it's, it's a completely different ball game. But, you, you know, you can still, you, you take it for what it is. And it's something that has ebbs and flows also. When it started out in the 50s, it was just a couple of guys and then, then it made its, you know, its rise, like we've already talked about, into the 80s, when it was just still just a couple of guys everybody rooted for. 
And then it's uh, at its height of its popularity, you know, it had at least 25 solid names. But if you think about it, you know, there's really two people who saved wrestling since, since the 80s. And one was Hogan first. Mm-hmm. And the next was Stone Cold. I mean, they definitely go down as the two greatest. Who, and when I say save it, I mean, it was it, it was a good product. But the two of them at the time, and, and Hogan did it a little different way, a lot of campy bullshit and a lot of stuff. But but you know what? Then he, he realized that if he became a bad guy, it was going to go. And it took that took off also. I mean, I know totally not his idea. It was pitched to him by Bischoff and... They didn't know if they, they still didn't know if he would do it. I don't know if you ever heard, Sean, that, you know, they had Sting was yeah. back the backup for that, you know, and, and they didn't even know till that night till he showed up if he was going to do it or not. Yeah. And then Bischoff was afraid there was going to be a goddamn riot <laughs> in the place because they started throwing all the shit at them. And he goes, we're, we're, we're probably this place is going to be turned into a riot. And, and, you know, that was big for that. And then, like I said, that, the character stone, especially where he was with just the long flowing blonde hair and the Hollywood yeah. blondes and all that bullshit. And then he just walked in and said, look, we got to make a different character. And uh, he really did. He, he, he's, and, and like you said, there was top talent. Triple H was there. The rock was there. All of those guys, a feud with Jericho taker. Um, who's that undertaker? I mean, it, it flowed, it flowed fantastic, but he was really the, he was the glue for that. And, you know, he's been called the best ever because of it. Hmm. You know, so. Was it a, a elimination chamber was last Saturday? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to cover all the matches. I mean, the, the women's chamber was awful. The, uh, <laughs> and Oscar won, like we all thought. Well, yeah, uh, we hit that on the head. The men's chamber theory won mm-hmm. after Logan Paul. Uh, Interfered, so that was fun. Yeah. Uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix beat Judgment Day. What, what the hell was the other match? It had to be awful because that's why I can't remember what the hell it is. I'm trying to do. Oh, Lashley and Lesnar. Lashley wanted yes. to be a DQ. Yeah, but-, but the whole reason I was watching was the fucking last match. Yeah, <laughs> Reigns and Zane. Uh-huh. And it was insane. It was uh, I'm rhyming everything. Yeah, no, it right. was incredible. It was fantastic. Like they spent five minutes where they didn't even touch, and the crowd was just losing their minds cheering for Sami Zayn because he's a Montreal guy, so that they were yeah going for their hometown guy. Uh-huh. Uh, Reigns was shit talking Zayn's wife for most of the match, like in certain parts. I mean, she was playing with it too. She was like, "No, he loved you guys." And this, that, he, gave, like, he, was- he gave her a kiss during the match. Sammy did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went up to her guess. I mean, it was just a uh, great, like, there were multiple times during the match where I kind of like hopped up in my seat, like, oh, like, <laughs> and I agree with what Triple H said after the, uh, during the press conference afterwards, where it was like, he goes, that's the best entertainment in the world if it's done right. And I was exactly. like, I'm in 100% agreement because that was incredible. Um, and even after the match, I was like, man, that was fucking great. That was absolutely, it told the entire story, everything. It was intense. The Usos showed up. Wasn't expecting that because I thought neither of them could go to Canada. Both of them <laughs> apparently can. Um, so it was, it was, it was really cool and really fun match to watch. Now, now I'm intrigued 
by how if they're going to bring Owens and Zayn back together, if they're, they're going to do a triple threat at Mania. So, like, it, it, at least there's some it's continuing on as like a fascinating thing. So. Oh, definitely. Uh, like I said, they, they set it up. They always set it up nice this time of year. And uh, I, you know what? I, I think a lot more goes into, you know, it's it's just not a bunch of muscle heads, mm-hmm. you know, who just sit there and, you know, you know, and obviously, you know, it's scripted, you know, what it is, but forget about what they put their bodies through. You, you, th- there is an art form to what they do. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how a lot of these guys become actors because in a sense they are acting, they're playing roles. Yeah. Each one of them, you know, it's never, even though when they get personal and it hits home, like a few of the storylines have, it's still acting. And when you see it all come together, it, it, you know, it's, it's like a good soap opera. If any, you know, I don't know if anybody yeah. knows what they were, you know, they, you know, back in the eighties, seventies, eighties, sixties, seventies, and eighties, there were soap operas that were on for 40 years and had a storyline for 40 years. Now, depending on who you talk to, some of those storylines were fantastic and they stayed and, you could see how a soap opera could catch the attention of millions of people at 12, one o'clock in the fucking afternoon. But then there was times that they were dead and nobody gave a shit about the storyline. And they tried to interject different characters and, and you didn't have the same acting. And it's the same thing with wrestling. If you got the people who could pull off every facet of it, not only the, the physical, but the, the actual act of the wrestling and the, uh, you know, the, the moves and they could speak in terms of playing that character. You know, it's, it's a profession that, that, that's second to none, really. You know, it's acting with the physicality. And these guys, for what they do and put their life, you know, and, and look, they're getting paid a lot better than they used to. And more of them are getting paid better. You know, it used to only be just a handful or a crop full. Yeah. Now more of them get a, get a better salary. And, and once again, this is what I say, like, this is why I appreciate for me, like I said, you know, I, I always talk about these YouTubers and these people who really don't have a talent. Everybody thinks talent is just somebody who's on the fucking internet doing something somebody did 25 years prior. And we all look at it like, oh, this is the greatest thing. But that Logan Paul, it, you know, for a guy who just, like I said, just made some videos with his brother, I, the best part I like is he's committed to it. And look, yeah. let's face it, he's one flip away from stamping his neck and being an invalid if he wasn't taking it serious. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he, he's he's doing that shit and you can tell he's athletic and he and he really wants to he's trying to give it a go. It's not a half ass. It's not like putting a Dennis Rodman or Carl Malone in the ring. It's not that kind of bullshit. Jay Leno. Jay Leno. Well, I was just, just uh, that that's the worst part of it. But it's it's not like putting one of those guys in the ring. I mean, the kid, he's actually trying and he's trying to get better. And I'm sure he's putting in the work. It's tons of work, tons of hours. And, uh, and he's fucking good. Yeah, well, like you said, he he doesn't he doesn't look out of place, which no. is crazy, you know. Which most, but but once again, here's my thing: I don't, you know, I don't characterize him as anything before. So, in other words, like him going in is just somebody who was fresh going in and learning the moves, who yeah. eventually became a wrestler. It wasn't like he was an actor or he was a fucking singer or he was Liberace. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then, oh, let me come in. Or even Donald Trump took the swing on Mike Tyson. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he wasn't. I know he had celebrity status from some bullshit, but he really wasn't a celebrity. So yeah. for him to go in, he took it with the mindset like, hey, let me do this. Of course, people think he's a celebrity, but what I'm saying is he he attacked it like somebody who was fresh and raw wants to make it a career. And much like his brother with the boxing. Uh, 
Well, they both they, listen. They they just this this is what they do, and uh, you know, you know, like you said, it's it's entertainment. It's not garbage, and and that's the thing. Because anything, I hated. I always hated when they interjected somebody who didn't belong in there. Yeah. Like I didn't even like if they threw in Michael Cole. You know, I I hated that shit. I I just it, to me it was garbage. You, you like know, Jim I, Ross getting a chance? Well, I, I, can I tell you? I used to like to watch Jim Ross get beat up and stuff. <laughs> well, well, you know, you know what the best thing was? Those two old broads getting smashed through fucking tables at oh, ninety uh, years old. Mula and May. May Young, like, yeah. That, 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 that there's something to be said for that. That, <laughs> that fucking Dudley boy threw her through a fucking table at you know ninety years old. You know what she said to him backstage? And he What's tells the story all the time. Bubba goes. I went up to May before that. And I was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do it this way. You sure you want to do it? This, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, you better fucking give it to me. I don't be some little pussy about it. And I'm like, That's... and he was like, all right. Like, I, I, I guess we're doing this. Uh, he, fucking, he drove her through that table. And afterwards, she was like, that was awesome. It's what it was. It, and that's what I'm talking about when people can pull it off. Where it doesn't look like garbage. And I was a 90-year-old woman. <laughs> Imagine Dana doing that. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. It's fantastic. Oh, it for Christ's sake, Bubba, take it easy on me. Oh, for Bubba. Bubba, <laughs> for fuck's sake, you threw me through the table. <laughs> uh, my back. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, it really was. But like, but once again, you know, I, I know we, we jumped off course here and we got onto the wrestling. But listen, it's 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 Nothing time else going on. I mean. It, well, it, it is. It's a weak time between the Super Bowl and baseball starting, but um, so good. Listen, they're they're getting they're reaching their crescendo, and and then that, it's funny though because wrestling, you know, like like every sport has a time it starts and a time it like having the WrestleMania at the beginning of April is weird because when does the wrestling year start? I guess it usually starts after WrestleMania, so you figure yeah, there. Their year is May through April. You know what I mean? Like that's their, that's how they've broken down their year. Yeah, SummerSlam's like their All Star break. They do that, and then there's like a little down spell for like the beginning of football season, and then they pick back up heading into Survivor into Series Rumble, and Rumble, Survivor and Series, all that bullshit. So, but uh, let's transition real quick to pro football before we get into the baseball stuff. Good. Uh, Aaron Rodgers only was only able to stand two days with himself in a dark room, yeah. uh, much longer than most of us would have been able to make it with just him. Yeah, I think it's. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still, the way they describe it, it sounds kind of weird. It is, it's, it's, you know, look, I guess it's something. If everybody did it, you know, then we would have a better understanding. Not too many people do it. Nobody wants. A lot of people don't want to do it. <laughs> I th- you know. Just hearing somebody do it, though, I'm like, yeah, no, I, I get And it's not even just the thought of being, but, you, you know, they say your eyes never get used to the dark, which I think is crazy also, because how is that fucking possible? Yeah. <laughs> you should, but, like, the to- everything is, you're reaching around for the shitter. I well, like know, I said, you could turn the light on at any point. Yeah, but I guess that's kind of like. What's the whatever. point? It depends. But he was supposed to be in there four days. He did two days, so. Yeah. But did he, come out, did he come out with any news, Sean? That's what you want to say. No, he hasn't. He hasn't come out with shit. I, he hasn't said a thing. Let me ask you a question, and, and let's be honest. I know... I want Derek Carr more than I want oxygen right now. Okay, all right. No, well, but he, here's my thing. And that's what I was talking about. So Derek Carr, he has, you know, he goes to Orleans first. 
Then he has a nice meeting with the Jets. And I, he's supposed to visit somebody else too, right? Isn't he going? Yeah, there's like three other teams that expressed interest. All right, so so he's going to do. And then, you know, he he didn't say it. His brother said it, that, you know, he wants to take his time with it. He wants to do it. Now, by all sense, the Jets, it was a good meeting. Now, look, the Aaron Rodgers thing, yes, it's appealing to the Jets. And you sit there and you say, but you know what? If, if the guy, if you talk to Derek Carr and you're like, whatever. I mean, Aaron, like you said, Aaron Rodgers might not get traded. You know, it might not mm-hmm. happen. You got to see what they want to give up for picks. He might not want to come here. There's so much that happened. If Derek, now we're a couple of days in. Okay. You gave this guy a few days to go away. He's not going to say nothing until he talks to Pat McAfee on fucking Tuesday. I say after Tuesday, even if it's just, and look, I, I don't fall down Rogers. I don't fall yeah. him at all because look, it's his career too. He doesn't want to end up somewhere and be a joke. So my thing is Tuesday, you don't hear nothing. And I'm just saying where he's leaning. You got to get on the phone and say, look, here's what we're giving you. Come here for five years. Let's see if you can make something happen here. The truth be told too is the five-year window is not, unless you, unless you keep building every year a good team, because you're going to lose these guys. You're going to lose the yeah. Gardners. You're going to lose the the other Wilson, the good Wilsons. Yeah. You're gonna, you know, you, so the, the Jets would have to keep rebuilding. So even if they sign him for five years, doesn't mean the team will be good for five years. That guys on a defense will leave. So you're really only talking a couple of years, even if you sign Carr now. You could sign him to the five and hopefully build towards that. I mean, just get it done. Look, you're, you're the quarterback. We want you. There's no sense bullshit. You're going to end up with uh, Tannehill or, or somebody. It's it's just, it's it's not. <laughs> just get him. Uh. And look, and, and, and look does, does anything, he's more than a serviceable quarterback. Let's just yes. put it that way. And he's going to be, reju- he's going to be rejuvenated also because it ended bad in Oakland. And the guy gave, look, the guy gave, he gives us everything. Yep. He's a good dude by all, you know, standards, you know, a religious guy, which is fine. I'm just saying leads a clean life, does every, didn't cause any trouble. Everybody in the locker room loved him. He loved everybody. Even when everybody would get in trouble on the Raiders, yep. he still talked about his personal relationship, you know, with all of them. Like, like I said, when it happened to Gruden, he's like, look, you got to understand something. The John Gruden that is in here is, you know, isn't what they're portraying him as, as from 11 years ago on email. You know, when he was, he said it hard felt. He's like, look, he goes, you know, and he's not sticking up for a bad person. He's like, listen. And then when, when the other shit happened, he, he would talk and he talks from the heart. Mm-hmm. And it, like you said, he's, and he's not, look, and I'm sure if somebody was a legitimate scumbag, he wouldn't stick up for them and he wouldn't do it. But, you, you know, you can tell the guy has relationships. And if he came in here, I got to be honest, I think Salah would like to have a quarterback. He wants yeah. to move on. You know, this waiting and waiting isn't so. I, I just say, if I'm the Jets, just get it done. Yeah, 100%. Make I mean, like, him think that he you want him to be. That's not the thing. You want him. You yeah. want him. You don't want anybody else. Fuck it. You know, that's it. My biggest thing with the Jets right now is Carr is the only one of the three. And I say the three because I'm also talking about Lamar, Lamar Jackson in this instance as well. That doesn't cost you anything but money. Exactly. You don't have to give up any assets. You don't no. have to give up any picks. You don't have to oh. give up any players unless it's Zach Wilson. Then he could fucking go. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> otherwise, it's like you don't have to just. It's just paying the fucking guy. That's all you have to do That's is it. pay him. And the and only so much gonna, of that is guaranteed. So you know. And the other two are going to cost the same, if not more. So just pay this fucking guy and let's move on and let's get ready. Like your fans are hungry for like Woody Johnson has to be. 
He's the anti-Steve Cohen of sports owners. He's the anti-Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones will throw money at anyone. Yeah. And like, well, we'll figure the cap out later. Yes, yeah. we'll figure out the cap later. Just go get the guy. Like He's the guy. I, I, and I don't want to say it's not coming down to money because Aaron Rodgers is going to be a lot of money for obviously a shorter period of time. But his, I, just, his, I just think back to Woody with Tebow. The Jets did not need to go after Tebow when they yeah, did. They I, did. They had Sanchez, and that fucked with Sanchez's head, not knowing if he was the starter or not. And that was a total Woody Johnson move. Same thing with Favre. It was a total Woody Johnson move. Like, just do the George Costanza and do the opposite of what you would normally fucking we do. do. And we might win. Although, like, like we've talked about, you know, the Favre thing could have worked out. Could have. It was on its way. And no, look, you're, you're not, fair. Yeah. Wouldn't have been a Super Bowl, but they were on their way. He got hurt. Like we we've talked about this. Yeah. So I mean the Fav, the Fav thing wasn't a total disaster. I mean, you know, yes, they started out hot, and then obviously, you know, with the Drew injury and he tried to play, but whatever. But that might not have been so bad. I do agree. Look, let's face it, New York teams, to me, Tim Tebow was a novelty act for both the Jets and the Mets and the minor leagues. It was fine. Look, he gave he I gave forgot about the Mets. Yeah, no, it's look, you gave him a chance to play the minor league baseball. That was that was okay. But basically the guy was here as a novelty act. I, yeah. I mean the Jets, I you know, when they signed him and you knew he wasn't gonna quarterback, and they like, oh, we got him in this position, we could put him in these pa-. and then they never played him. It was just it was it was and like you said, it it made headlines for the wrong reasons. Yeah. It's like he he just wanted to be another player, use him. You didn't even use him. So We'll see, but I'm I'm with you, Sean. I, I make I signed Derek Carr tomorrow. I mean, people keep asking me about like, what are you going to do when the Giants call Derek Carr because Daniel Jones wants thirty million dollars a year? I'm like, well, Daniel Jones, I don't think he's going to get two million per touchdown pass. I, I don't. He wants forty million. Like I said, look. Well, apparently that was something that came out. Well, no, that his yeah. old representatives put out there. It, exactly. No, and and that's what they said, but. You know, at even $30 million, look, as far as Daniel Jones is, to me, football is, is, is the worst sport in terms of what they pay quarterbacks. Yeah. They don't pay the per person. You, 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 you just, it's the position. Yeah. Doesn't matter who it is. We've talked about this also, how Kirk Cousins three times has been the highest paid quarterback in the game. And, and you're talking, he's played in, a, in an era of Brady, uh, fucking Rogers. Rogers. <laughs> Mahomes, Drew Brees, Mahomes. Well, even but Mahomes was a little, you know, a little after. Mahomes is getting paid now too. Yeah, but I'm yeah. saying all of these guys who he was beating those guys at all those times. He was higher paid than all of them, and it is a ridiculous. I mean, to me, look, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones should be sick in your hairy beanbag to get twenty five million dollars a year for four years. Yeah. I mean, based off of his career and. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's like it's it, it doesn't even start there. It starts at five million more and up. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in the thirties. I, I I don't know. I, like I said, look, there's there's shit wrong with every sport. You know, people don't want to people don't want to acknowledge it, which is fine. Or they acknowledge the stuff that that can be changed. But you know, I, whatever. I, he's another guy. Let, let, get it done. I, I mean, Barkley. See, but to me, if you sign Jones, then you can franchise tag Barkley. Yeah. You know, he get, you can get him one year and see what happens after that because he's not running backs. You don't want to give the multi years to anyway, and he's going to want a little more money. But 
the 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 average what's the salary? Twelve million. So you take him for the twelve year, one year, twelve million. See what happens. And 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 you have Jones done. Whereas you can't do it the other way because Jones will get thirty million. It all counts, and it counts as thirty five against the cap or thirty three against the cap. They, yeah. they you get more, and now you fucked him. What else you could do? So they really need to do something. Also, um, so I hate to say they kind of fucked themselves by not doing his fifth year. Doing it, yeah, and that's what people have said too. But you know what, Sean? Did he have a nice year? Yeah, he played in an era of passing. He threw 15 touchdowns. Yeah, no, I know. You know what I mean? And look, I, he's a game, and they had no receivers. I, I get that. So I can't, I, I won't shit on him for that. And he ran for seven more touchdowns. But, yeah. it's, but it's it's still an error of passing <laughs> and a lot of throwing. And he threw 15 more touchdowns than me and you in 17 games. It's, you know, <laughs> so one good game, and he's only four ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> I have you know, one it's... Peyton Manning opening night game, and uh, he's only eight ahead of me. I mean, that's. You remember that? That's not- I do remember that. Peyton was my uh, fantasy quarterback that year. Oh, was he? That's yeah, right. so that first night he got six or seven TDs. I was like, this that's is the, the best season ever. That's a way to start it. That's a way to start it. I still didn't win the championship, but it is that's a shame. That's a shame. <laughs> Everything well, else. Week one. Me. Week one, I won. Week one, you, you were the champ <laughs> after week one. I was like, forget it, boys. Just give me your money now. Uh, so we'll see. Hey, look, you know what? They're going to sign him. It's just a matter of one, two, and just get it done. Um. Any other crazy ones going on right now? Just the whole Lamar thing. And I get where he's coming from. Like, I do. He's got an MVP. That team is, like we said a couple of weeks ago, the team is not as good offensively without him as their starter. I mean, for obvious reasons. But it, that's not how the Ravens do it. The Ravens are more like the, uh, the Ravens are more like the Atlanta Braves when it comes to contracts. Like, they'll give a guy a little bit more, but they're not going to, they're not going to, just like with Freddie Freeman, they're not going to do. They're not going to break the major back. deal. Yeah. Just because you're a, a, a guy with time, they're going to play it intelligently, and that's why they're able to sustain success. Exactly. Um, they're actually in a situation where I could see them bringing a guy in, and then extending him for a lesser deal than they would have given Lamar. And so it's just like, I don't know. I, I, he's. I get where he's coming from, but he needs a fucking agent. Going to the fucking Ravens going, uh, no, you offered me 130, $160 million guaranteed. I want the Deshaun Watson deal. And every GM needs to look dead in the face of every player in the league and just go, that was the dumbest deal Definitely. a team could have made. They made that deal because he was looking elsewhere and they absolutely wanted him on the Browns. That was the only reason they went to do that deal. And it worked. It got, they bought themselves a quarterback. But otherwise, there was no way Deshaun Watson was going there. And, and sure, and I, and I think that sometimes you need to have – forget about his psyche. You, you need to have those discussions, whether they're behind closed doors or in the paper. Yeah. You know, he comes in and he says, I want Deshaun uh, uh, um, Watson. Okay, uh, Deshaun Watson money. And that's what the GM and everybody should say. And 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 and, and uh, John, uh, I can't think of anybody's name. Tonight. Harbaugh. John Harbaugh. Just sit there and say, look, they fucked up. <laughs> We're not doing that. You know what? And nobody else is giving you that money either, from what we understand. So let's let's put it to where it belongs. I mean, that's one. That's a bad contract, unless 
Cleveland wins two or three Super Bowls. That's a terrible game. They're not going to win one. Let's say, Johnny, I'm sorry. I'm glad you're not here. <laughs> but they, they're not going to win one. Anyway, He'd agree with you. <laughs> they're not going to win one with him. But it, unless they won three, that money isn't worth it. Yeah. And, and so it's, it is a ridiculous, and it's time when people, I'm sure I say it in baseball all the time. When guys do the comparison, a guy has a big year, and then he does almost like what the Braves do, but but to a certain extent, look, we can't give you the money doesn't make sense. There's not there's 25 other guys on the fucking team. We we gotta pay you, you know, you you're not gonna be poor. <laughs> you're not gonna be destitute. And you know what? I, I mean, really, it, these games have become about whose dick is bigger. I mean, let's just say, yeah. oh, I got wait, where are you running into you, are you gonna be at a party with another guy and be like, well, he makes 340 million, you only make 200. Yeah, well, you know what? I got better stats. My team wins. I'm fucking loaded. I live in a nice house. I got cars. My I got a beautiful wife, family. You know, really, does it matter if I make one more dollar than this guy? Who gives a shit? <laughs> My the funniest thing, and I always go back to this anytime I read a story about a quarterback or a any player wanting this amount or that amount or this amount or that amount. The greatest quarterback of all time won seven Super Bowls. And for the majority of his career, took less money so his team could compete and win those Super Bowls. He he did it all those times, yes. And I got to be honest with you, the man has made a ton of money. He's going to make even more money when he becomes an announcer uh, after this season, the the 2024 season. Has had two beautiful women that we as the, you know, fans of the sport are aware of that he's had children with. Uh, We all saw his house. When they did that uh, Brady, uh, that the tuck rule thing on ESPN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go on limb and say, hey, look, everybody, you make a few million a year, you're going to be okay. Exactly. You're going to be all right. Don't spend it all in one place and you'll be fine. And look, you can even buy a couple chains, a couple cars, a house. Like you're going to be okay. <laughs> if somebody offered me 30 million today to do what I do for one, for one year, for six months of work, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> and it wouldn't matter what they do the rest of your life. No. I'll make it. I'll stretch it. <laughs> yeah. I get, I can stretch it. It's, it's called living within the means, but Sean, you're right. You know what it was? Tom Brady checked an ego at the door mm-hmm. and his, let's face it. Tom Brady wouldn't have been seven out of 10 for Super Bowls and whatever else. If he just said, all right, give me the most money on the team and you can't sign anybody else and blah, 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 blah. He realized what the sport was. He realized he was still making a good piece of change. He he, he put he, he put team first. He really did. And I'm not saying, look, and I think a lot of guys put team first just because of what they did with their body. I don't think Peyton Manning was a me guy. No. I don't, you know, I don't think a lot of these people were. The thing was, though, this guy off, you heard it after every offseason. They restructured Brady's, Brady's contract so they could bring in X, Y, or Z. Yep. You heard it every offseason. Now you got a guy, you know, who's saying, hey, I feel slighted by the Ravens. But once again, look, as long as he's been there, the team's been in contention. They've had the same coach for a long time. The general managers don't change there too often. No, it's they, still Ozzie Newsome. It's been that's what I'm like saying. He's, years. Been there, he's been there forever. You don't, you you, you know, you, you got to look at it sometime and say, hey, look, here's what is it worth me getting an extra five million dollars 
and having nobody else? Well, not even that. Is it worth me even asking for it so they can tell me, go fuck myself? You know what I mean? Like, wait, doesn't that check your ego a little bit when they're like, look, we think the world of you, but we could, we'll do this without you. You know, doesn't, doesn't that, don't you take the hit there? You know, because Nana is saying, not only is he not worth the money, but you're not worth the money. So, you know. Funniest thing, too, is like the Ravens could literally go, hey, look, Lamar, going back to 2000, we won a Super Bowl with Trent fucking Dilfer Mm. and Joe fucking Flacco. (laughs) Just saying, we don't necessarily need your talents here. We can make it work otherwise. We know how to build a roster. (laughs) <laughs> we'd love to have you we think like you said we think the world of you yeah. we don't think there's anybody out there right now that can replace what you can do for this team we'll get in the playoffs though and sure not to mention the fact okay look you want crazy money you think you're gonna go to a team that's gonna that team's gonna give us compensation yeah so we're gonna make out of this also without having to pay you <laughs> you know we're gonna get picks that could potentially be good players I mean, you think about it, they've got who's that they're tied in Rob Andrews, right? Something Andrews. Uh-huh. If they wanted to, just for example, this year alone, just first round pick this year, if they say they traded with the Jets, for example, just throwing that out there, yeah. the Jets would get Lamar have to pay him a boatload of fucking money and then not be able to sign anybody ever the fuck again. <laughs> and then, which is what Woody Johnson would love to do. Yeah. Woody, go back to your lotion company and leave me the fuck alone, please. Woody- Woody puts the lotion in the basket or he gets the hose again. <laughs> Take off your, like, sh- for, for an owner, too, to have, like, the strappy Jets hat. Like, why don't you have a fitted hat, Woody? You own the fucking team. <laughs> fucking pain in the ass. Anywho, sorry. Uh, they would get the Jets number 13 pick this year. Absolutely. You mean to tell me they wouldn't draft a, a, a Jigba an offensive lineman, a Michael Mayer as a second tight end option. Like, of course they would. Like, what are you doing? Just, yeah. Sorry. No, I, no sure. <laughs> but that's, it, it's it's just, it's it's uh, the crazy situations. Like like I said, look, and, and you know what, at this point, for the Jets to even entertain that is crazy because you, you're talking, no, no, yeah. no I'm saying, Two out of the three viable quarterback options they have, they have to give away capital. And yeah. why do that? One guy's just the money, like you said. And but, it's not all guaranteed. And, it's, you know, when you got a chance at doing something. I can't wait for Baker Mayfield to be the Jets quarterback next year. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, <laughs> otherwise, the NFL, nothing else much going on. Apparently, some Netflix series is coming out where they follow some quarterbacks around this year. So that should be interesting. I think we're going to get the uh, uh, everybody's going to forgive uh, Patrick Mahomes' wife for being a pain in the ass after uh, this thing comes out. It seems like they paint her in a nice light. So wait, what is it? I, I didn't hear it. What are they doing? Some some Netflix show. They followed around the Mahomes family. They followed around some other quarterbacks, and it's like a behind the scenes documentary kind of deal. Oh, I didn't I didn't hear about this. I mean, I'm interested to see it. I mean, I I love this see what goes into like the week and the buildup for the season, all the games and all that stuff. There's a lot of good angles and storylines that they could have. Um, kind of like hard knocks. So I bet it could be interesting. I just, it, it does seem to paint her in a particularly nicer light from what I've seen already or what people have mentioned. And I'm like, 
that's good. I mean, it's the man's life. Hopefully they're not being an asshole about it. So, you know, it's once again, it's it's hard. uh, You know, you know, your wife is an extension of whatever. She's going to stick up for you. I know she said some stuff. His brother's a fucking wild card. Also, it's it's like, you know, they they just this is this is once again, it's just the it's the age of, hey, everybody says something. And, you know, you know, Sean, go back a few years. Nobody's wife said anything. Nobody's mother said anything. You know, nobody's nobody said any good because, you know what, guys were pretty much playing. There wasn't a lot of abuse. There wasn't a lot of bullshit. This is what happens when you have no more credible journalism and people just look for a story and they say, oh, well, look what uh, Patrick Mahomes, wife tweeted, blah, 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 blah. And we make this we make this the story because. There is the, the, journalism has ended in this country. It's a shame. It's it's a, it really is a shame. I mean, every newspaper is about three pages thick. But reading a newspaper to me was the best thing. Always, we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You open up a paper, and I'm not talking to USA Today, which was a stupid fucking folded paper. I'm saying you got the New York papers. You open them up. You read them from cover to cover. You you you, you some of them you might have picked better for the sports mm-hmm. and the other stuff, and you knew everything in there was true because people had to look at a source mm-hmm. now there is none of that and it doesn't matter and you can throw anything out and there's what i always say when people oh you got it at the touch of a button you can look something up you can look something up and get 10 different answers who's right who's wrong you know if something had to be verified i, I anybody sean me and you can go out today with something that says press on it and fucking say hey what are you we were with the o'connor news um <laughs> let me ask you a question or, or you, you know what patrick I heard you got three little girls tied up in your basement. Well, wait, who said that? But doesn't matter. <laughs> what does it matter? Who cares? I heard it. I'm writing it. I'm putting it down there. It's 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 silly. It's just it, the things that have been destroyed. It's crazy, man. It just is. Patrick, I heard that you were the person that went to Jeffrey Star's cabin in Wyoming. <laughs> no, any truth to that? Any truth? That's that. And then you answer it on yourself. <laughs> you know, that's it's it's, it's Sean. It is. It's it's crazy. It's sickening. I feel like, so to me, they did a show like this to put her in a different light. You know what I mean? Look, yeah. she is a human being. She's a mother. You know, a husband's, you know, guy, you know, her husband's had a good five-year run. It's been nice. You know, so it's, uh, I, I think they do stuff to put it in, in, in a different light. And because of the Mets connection, I will always root for him. Hey, listen, <laughs> I was, a, a thing comes up on, uh, or to, you know, Pat, Pat Senior uh, getting a base hit against the, the Cubs. I saw know? that. Yeah, I yeah, saw that the other day. Right? Yeah. I was like, there we go. Sense. All right. There we go. Father and son doing it he big. He got a base hit and then he closed it. You know, he, he, he won the game. It was an extra inning game and he got the win. <laughs> so. He was a big part of those two teams in 99 and 2000. Hey, so. look, he, he pitched well. He was, he was yeah. huge out of the bullpen both years, so. He had a nice, you know, I'm going to say a decent, look, he was a major leaguer for a college. He had a nice career. Hell, his, uh, Pat, Mah- Pat, Patrick's uh, godfather is Latroy Hawkins. So, I mean, yeah, he also pitched for the Mets. For sure. Yeah. Not a Ma- <laughs> the Mets had that little bit of uh, relief guys going, you know, that they, they, they had a bunch of people. I don't sure. And do you ever see on the TikToks, they'll say guys you didn't know played for certain teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's great. Because you look, it's like some of the times that, you know, I know it, like when they say, I'm like, oh, that's an easy guy. And I'll see Tim Raines played for the Angels. And I'm like, wait, what? Where the fuck was I? I don't remember him being on the Angels. You know, I saw one the other day, Brett Boone with blonde hair in Mets spring training. Yeah. Oh, he went to camp. I did I not know that. 
did not, that, that nobody ever told me that story. I don't oh, remember where the fuck was I when he well, was, and he must have been totally washed up that he couldn't break the lie. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He must have. I don't remember that either. I don't remember Brett Boone going to camp with the Mets. I was like, a Boone was with the Mets and it didn't break the fucking like New York papers. Like, where the hell was I? I don't remember that either. But there are some of those when they show like people on a team. And I'm like, you know, and it, it throws you back. And I'm like, man, like, that's right. Like when a guy just went, went to something at the end and uh, yeah. almost like Piazza going to the, you know, the A's, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. It's but but they're even more crazier. I'm like, man, I can't believe this. Well, it was also him uh, for that period of time with the Padres. Who's this? Oh, Piazza. Yeah. Well, that's isn't that where he went right after the Mets, right? Yeah, and he hit those two homers off Pedro, and that one. I was at that game. I feel like really. I was. Mike Francesa. There wasn't a thing you couldn't listen to him on the radio in New York, if. Somebody would call up and be like, Mike, do you remember the game? You know, that Eli threw the two touch, and he'd be like, This, of course, I remember it. I was at that game. My friend Tommy said, Well, he would say, I was at that game. I said, So I just felt like him just now. You're like, He hit the two homers over. I was at that. I was at that game. <laughs> at that game. Were you part of the crowd that gave him the two standing ovations for the curtain call? It was, his, I believe it was his first game back. And he almost hit a third. Yeah, it was his first game back. So on January 4th, 2006, Boone signed a minor league contract with the New York Mets. He received an invitation to spring training, but on March 1, only a few days into spring training, he announced his initial retirement from baseball, citing a lack of passion for the game. Uh, a lack of passion? That, that was the one team that you that should have had a season. passion to play for. That was a good team. That's the he, best he really... team of my life other than, than 86, it, and I was only two. Like, and, you know what, and you know what's funny, though? But think about it. I mean, John Valentin had a great year that year. Jose. Oh, Jose. I'm sorry, John. Jose Valentin. John Valentin played for the Mets, too. Yeah. Jose Valentin had a huge year. So I, he I did, he did was... strike out with the bases loaded in two outs in the bottom uh, of the eighth. Uh, just throwing that out there. Uh, I know. Was... I know. But you got to get them there. There's as bad as the strikeout in the ninth. End. I, I'm just going to put it this way. Again, Duarnier Sanchez is the whole reason we didn't win that World <laughs> Series. Uh, that dude like doesn't go the, out getting the clubbing in Miami. Get in the, get, who gets in a cab accident and d- destroys his arm? <laughs> Put the buckle on, Dornier. Put the buckle on. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm after the fucking Chavez catch. You're like, there's no way this team's gonna lose. It just doesn't happen, man. And and they just couldn't push that run across. What's worse is the the bottom of the what was bomb in the ninth. Cliff Lee. Just missed Cliff Floyd. Just, Cliff Floyd, yeah, Cliff Floyd. Yeah. He's a pitcher. Uh, apparently, your your memories rubbered off on me tonight. Yeah, that's what uh, I was gonna say. Not my memory. I can't even remember somebody's name. At least you Cliff, threw a name out. Cliff Floyd missed that pitch by about that much, yeah. and he would have hammered it. He had, it was his home run swing. That ball would have been gone. They had the bases loaded. And I've told this story a million times. I'm gonna tell it again because why the fuck not? It's my podcast. Uh, <laughs> Everybody and their mother, except for Carlos Beltran, knew Wainwright was throwing a curveball. Uh, Sean, I I say that. Well, I said it that night. I screamed it out. I was screaming at the TV at work. In the ball, we will watch it because I said he fucking hooked him on the first pitch, fouled it, then then fouled off the second pitch. I said this guy is not throwing him a fastball. 
Yeah. Any fucking hooker, any he, I mean, the bat. Look, I know you're supposed to look fastball and just to the curve, but Sean, if he looked curveball there, and it he was the one seven hundred feet, I, he would have crushed it, and the fucking series would have been over, and we would have went and dismantled the Tigers, and we would have had another World Series. Yeah. But he just, I mean, that's how fooled he was. I, I mean, it's not like he threw a fucking Dwight Gooden in his vintage year twelve to six curveball. He had a nice curveball, but I'm saying to freeze you. To freeze you like when everybody knows that's what he's fucking throwing. Well, the craziest thing about it too was it was a hanger. A hundred percent. It hung thigh high. He didn't, his legs didn't buckle. No, he just let it sloop in there. Like you didn't even, he didn't even take a defensive swing. No. And, and he, so, and, and not only that, if you look at the whole thing, you know, Wayne White comes up that year, they use him in the bullpen. They even talked about it on a broadcast, how he he's in love with his curveball. Yep. And that's what he's doing. You know, he, he broke in and he, they put him in a bullpen and he was he was effective because he had a huge hook. Big hook, big hook, big hook. This is all they talked about. Threw it for strike one, threw the fastball for strike two. And he fucking, we, screaming at him, watch for the curveball. If there was a guy in a dugout not yelling that, it, it's what, crazy. What's funny is I was at work. I was allowed to, leave, uh, Johnny can tell you the story because he was working with me. I was allowed to leave our pre-mission briefing, mm-hmm. our, our GMS, our, our supervisor, our mission supervisor. I said, hey, Sergeant Spirico, Mets game's on in the ninth. They're down. I'd, I'd like to see what happens bottom of the ninth. He was like, yeah, go. And Johnny was like, can I go? He was like, no, you have to stay. He was like, oh, come on. He's like, no, he's a, he's a fan of the Mets. He gets to go. I've been watching with them all night. He's like, I don't care, Graham. You're staying. And so <laughs> I run off to an office where I know that there's a TV and I turn it on. And then I'm watching it. And I'm just pacing in this fucking classroom, just pacing back and forth. And like a couple other airmen walk in that are like tr- in training. Yeah. And like typical, I was Air Force Intel for those that don't know. Typical Intel nerds could they walk in like, oh, you watching sports ball? I was like, I'm going to fucking murder you if you don't get out of here right now. I'm going to murder you. Go away. And they were just like, oh, all right. <laughs> Sean, where were you? Where, where I was at Langley. You? Oh, okay. And you work you work during the night? Uh, yeah, that was working night missions at the time. Oh, okay. So I the buildup of that inning is going on and on. You know, you get the I mean, I guess Cliff Floyd let off, right? So he struck out. Then no, no, right, wait, did or did no, didn't DeLuca DeLuca walked with two outs or one out? Two didn't outs. Jose Reyes did Reyes lead off or did so the ninth battle lead off? I thought the ninth batter let off. I no, so that was Cliff Floyd. You're right. He yeah. he, he had and he, he had, had the strikeout. He, he did, but he but he struck out. He struck then Reyes out. got on. Then uh, the Luca walk. Didn't the Luca walk? Yeah, and then I th- was it the bases loaded? Or was it two on? No, no, it was two. But wait, there's got to be another out because Beltron was up after him, right? Beltron batted third. What did Delgado do? Well, no, he was batting fourth. If if so, Beltron was up after Deluca, right? After Deluca walked. Yeah. So there must have been another out. So somebody made out then 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 Floyd must have had his pinch hit a bat. Maybe Valentine. Yeah, something something like that. Or Andy. Maybe Andy was up eighth. Possibly. <laughs> so DeLuca had a really good at bat too. Did, yep. And so you got two on, you know, two outs, whatever, and then low duca, not Del Luca. Luca. Why did I say Deluca? I think he said Deluca. Maybe I misheard oh. you. 
but yeah, no, I'm watching it and I'm screaming at the TV, screaming in this office. He's going to throw a curveball. He's going to throw a curveball. Sean, I couldn't believe it. And then he threw it and I watched it drop in and I just went, he threw the fucking curveball. I just watched and I was just like, I got it. Obviously, I smoked at the time. I went outside to the smoke area and I had like three back to back to back. We were like, I had to go. I was like, I'd rather not talk about it. Well, I'll tell you the funny thing about it, though. Excuse me. Is for the right after that, for the next week when the World Series was going on, I was in Aruba. We went to Aruba. (laughs) So it would have been a little wacky to watch the games anyway because we were away. We were away with people. So it would have been hard for me to carve out. I hey guys, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta go back to the room for four well, I hours. Told, I, I told Dan Kim, I was like, you know what? I might not be going. <laughs> Her parents were going. You know, Ashton was going. Uh, we had friends going. I said, I, I might, I, I might stay home. I might not. What did like, say? Yeah, no, no. And then she's like, you gotta go. But, but like you said, it all hinged on that anyway. But I can't imagine being away because there was only one night that we went out to eat in a thing where there was a TV that I could see that you know the, the game against yeah. the. So it was only one night that that happened. So I would have, you would have gone insane. I would have had to just been like, all right, listen, I'll, I'll see you in a couple hours. <laughs> you would have gone bananas. Sit up in a room. Yeah, no, I was fucked up. Yeah, I would have hated it. So you know what? It was. It's actually. It's good that he took third strike. So. You're literally Papa. Papa me. was on his honeymoon the one yeah. time the Dodgers with the World Series. That is great. I, I I often think about that. That's nuts. The so the only time Papa got to witness. His favorite baseball teams win a World Series were 69 and 86. Yeah. Otherwise, the one other time he's in the Poconos with grandma. And, and he was tortured all the other years because he was home. Yep. And this is a stadium he used to go in for a dime and watch. And and the year they do it, they get married and, and then he's in the Poconos and Dodgers win. Damn it, Papa. <laughs> And that would, that would have been an aggravating fucking time to live and root for that team. And, and they, couldn't beat, they couldn't beat the Yankees. And then the next year, they were they were they they had a chance to win again, and they, they blew it. <laughs> you could have back-to-back chance. I, that, would have been, that would have been heart-wrenching. Yeah. That's, that was a bad time to be a fucking – I mean, a good time to be a Dodger fan, but not beating the Yankees all those times. <laughs> I, that would have been fucking aggravating. People always ask me, like, why aren't, why aren't you a Yankees fan? I'm like, <laughs> my grandfather was a Dodgers fan. There's no way on God's green earth I would have ever been a Yankees fan. That's it's, it's he would exactly, have disowned me. Well, it's just it's just what happened. First of all, you know you can say what you want. There's still I, to me, I still feel even though there's the interleague play and guys play in the league. To me, I still feel different about the National League and American League. I still do. Yeah. I, I think there's a difference, and it was always like that. And once the once they left, it was like well. You know, I, I'm not going to root for an American League team, and I'd have a lot to do with it. And it's, I, I still think that you know translates through today. I just think it's two different things. I've always said it. I just, uh, you know, to me, like the National League was always like colorful and fucking, yeah. you know, this and that, and you know, the, vibrant. Yeah, the American League was gray. Everything was fucking gray, and you know, and it's like ah, it's gray, it's gray, gray fields, gray players, gray, gray skies. <laughs> it just it, it was. And look, they call one the senior circuit, one the junior circuit. I mean, you know, the American League umpires had the gigantic floating chest protector. You know, it was fucking. It was two different things, and uh, hey, to tell you the truth, I wish they bring it back. I wish they get rid of the interleague play. I wish. 
they, you, you know, you would have American League and National League umpires again. I think, you know, I think a lot of stuff, if you brought it back, you would get the game back onto the track that they will, whatever that they think is missing. You know, it's, I would absolutely love to have one of those old umpire hats, the NL ones. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, how cool would that be to have? Sean, it was, there was an American League baseball and a National League baseball. What? I didn't know that. That's awesome. Well, one said NL with the president and one oh, said yeah, NL yeah. with the president. I mean, it was the same ball. It was just, they would, they would you know, coded differently. It, it was did just. He, did he ever tell you what he did for those years when the Mets weren't, before the Mets came? No, I guess, you know, like you said, he, you know, he, well, because you got to remember, you know, the Dodgers left and the Giants left with him. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't even like you could like the Giants, yeah. <laughs> which I don't think he would have done anyway, but, well, I, I, you know what? I mean, not that they saw it at all. He probably still rooted for the Dodgers. Yeah. You know what I mean? From, a, from, a, from across the country, but, you know, that's what I would, I would think. You know, I would, still, I would. That's a question I would love to ask him now. Like, hey, Pop, what did you do? Sean, but you, I just think it's fucking from they. He talked everybody into going from the fucking players. You know, he's like, look, we're well, moving the team. And all of these guys who they lived in Brooklyn. Yeah, they fucking lived. They were part of that thing. Now they were going out to Chavez Ravine. There was fucking nothing there. Mount Range. But only that he talked Vin Scully into going. <laughs> Vince Scully was as New York as fucking not only did he do those games, he did the football, Columbia football, he did everything. And he's like, Vin, you going to come with us? Well, all right. I guess I'll go out there. Yeah. Out to Chavez Ravine. Never lost his accent either. Not in, in 70 years in LA. Never lost his accent. I used to, I used to, when I had the MLB package, you remember Jed Jerko? Yeah. So that's, you know, I'm listening one night and, you know, and Scully's doing the games by himself out there. And he goes, Jed Jarrett goes up. As you can imagine, he took a little ribbing while he was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking crying. Jed Jerko. What's funny is I I I hated listening to Vince Scully call games. <laughs> hated it. I was like, how did people call this guy the greatest? Like, this is awful. Hey, and Wade. Hey, ball. Roger. Hey, Roger. Hey, Calvin. Don't <laughs> Behind the bag. Sean, you hate that, right? Don't you hate what he says behind the bag? Well, no, it, it's ground ball trickling. No, because that's the Bob Murphy calls the ground ball trickling. Yeah. So no. his was a uh, slow grounder ball. along first base. Oh, and then he says Buckner, and then he goes behind the bag. Yeah. I think he says Buckner behind the bag and whatever. They say I, a picture's I, worth a thousand words. <laughs> well, but Sean, it was funny because – my introduction to Vince Scully was he did the Saturday games with Joe Garagiola and then they did the, they did the the world series games. Mm -hmm. And just as you get older and then you appreciate it, just to know that he did the fucking Dodger games all by himself, every inning. I do appreciate that. Nobody there. And he, and he painted that picture. If you weren't looking at the ballpark, he did kind of what Bob Murphy did. Bob Murphy yeah. was, Bob Murphy was good at that. Oh, my. The sky is blue. Sitting here. You know, he he had a way to do that, but he didn't do it by himself. And, you know, we always had a, a partner. And I'm saying Vin Scully did that for all of those fucking years without anybody. By the I way, wait. Just I don't, yeah, I don't remember if we, we talked about this last week. What's that? Tim McCarver. No, I was going to. Yeah, no, I don't. Well, it, did it happen before Friday? I thought it did. did I thought it, it happened like uh, Sunday or Monday. Maybe I can't remember. Yeah, no. So that's you yeah, know definitely a big, big uh, rest in peace to Timmy Mac. 
Yep. You know what? Another, you know, a guy from the childhood, I, to me, still was one of the best ever. You know, just fantastic. I know people used to hate, oh, he talk. I, 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 I hate when a person's thing is, well, he talks too much. That's what the fuck he gets paid to do. Like, that just shows you the idiocy of somebody when they say something like that. But when a guy did a game, he knew the game back. You got to remember, too, this guy was, he graduated high school. And then he was in the major fucking leagues at 17 years old, 17 played for four decades, knew the game inside and out. They gave him a shot. He went and he did it. And the man made a fuck. He's called the most world series more than a most all-star games. He did it all. And he did it for different organizations. I don't know. You know, the Mets should have never. He was it. Steve Carlton's. Personal fucking catch. That's that's it. He wanted, it, and it's funny. And Bob Gibson's. Well, but here's the thing too: they bought him out of retirement for that 1980. He retired, and said, and then he said, "Will you come back and catch lefties games again?" Yeah. So Steve Colton wanted him to be his his catch. He told the story. He was on uh, David Letterman. You know, the first time he's on, and he's like. You know, to transition, he goes, everybody thinks it's easy to transition from a player to an analyst. And he says, and I remember one time he goes, there was a ground ball to Howard Johnson and it went up his arm. So he goes, so I tried to make the analogy of Howard and a mother and her baby. So he goes, Howard Johnson, you know, that ball went up his arm like a mother smothering her baby. (laughs) And he said, right after I said it, I thought about it. I shouldn't have said smother. And then he said, he goes, but thank God. He goes, Ralph Kiner, my partner. Uh, I made uh, a lot of mistakes up there that I would like to take back. <laughs> Believe me, I remember once. <laughs> I remember once, uh, once last year, I was on with Ralph Kiner and Howard Johnson, the third baseman for the Mets, got a bad hop. The ball kind of crawled down his arm. He caught it through throughout the runner and and. As, I, as I'm talking, I'm trying to, this image of a mother cradling a baby right. uh, came into, into my mind, and I was trying to make some analogy with the hop that, and, and so we have the replay. The hop goes up the arm and everything. I said, sometimes infielders have to field a ground ball like mothers handle their children. He said, watch how Howard Johnson smothers this ball against his <laughs> now, I, I did not want to say smother, That's and right. obviously. Not good advice. Ralph, uh, Ralph Kiner, my colleague, is looking at me, and I didn't know where to take it, and he said, I think you meant to say cradle. I yeah. said, cradle? Yeah. Cra-. One of Ralph's loose's gnomas, he, he looked over, and he didn't skip a beat, and he said, uh, he said, nah, not, he, he said, not smother, Tim. He said, uh, Fuck, what was the word he used? I can't, uh, I just ruined the story. <laughs> he said, uh, oh man. Sean, I can't remember the word, but he gave the word. And it wasn't, obviously it wasn't smother. And Ralph was right there to fucking help him out with it. <laughs> so he said, he, you know, it just, it's one of his stories. What does a mother do to her baby? <laughs> Holds them, carries them, moves them yeah, up. No. Yeah, no, what was the word he used? Ah, oh, fuck, I hope you can figure this out, Sean. I'm looking. It definitely wasn't smothered. That wasn't the word he was looking for. <laughs> uh, son of a bitch. I died of heart failure. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. 
I thought he was a little older than 81 also, but I guess the math works out when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Speed slows down the game. <laughs> I'm right here, Dion. Where McCarver at? Uh, can I, you know what? That was a day, I wish he would have got a hold of Dion Sanders and just beat his fucking ass blue. <laughs> and he was in his fifth. Oh, he would have killed. He would have murdered him. Would fucking murder. <laughs> he was a tough. Tim McCarver was a tough bastard. You know who one of my favorite college football coaches is though right now, Dion Sanders. <laughs> oh, you know it, it's funny. I don't know. Did you ever hear the story when he came to the 49ers? And because Steve Young says he's one of the best teammates he ever had, and Deion Sanders went right to him. He goes, Steve. He goes, let me tell you something. He goes. I'm here for you. I'm here for the team. I do where he goes, all that other stuff, that's just a product. You know what I mean? Like is yeah. that he said, he said, that's it. And and Steve Young said, he goes, he came up to me, told me, and he goes, and the guy was one of the best teammates ever. He said he was fantastic. He goes, the other shit is just a show. That's what it was. It was prime time. But he told him, he goes, I could separate it. He goes, I wouldn't have it. But that thing he was going after McCarver, just because McCarver said something, you know, he, he critiqued. Yeah. And he knew he what was he gonna do? Start a fight in a clubhouse? But he told him, <laughs> You're a real man, that real man. Yeah, you're a real man, Dion. My dad loves that story. Loves that was it. Fantastic. Where McCarver's at? Where McCarver at? Where McCarver be at? My dad, I remember my dad telling me that the next morning before I went to school. Uh, like, Sean, was- you won't believe what happened after the Braves won the world won the won the NLCS last night. I was like, What? He was like, Let me tell you, Dion Sanders. Alive. It was just like Larry Merchant. If I was 20 years younger, I'd kick your ass. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, what's funny is when I read that he passed, I was like, I, I, no, it was last Thursday. So I was at work and I just checked was like, yeah, I checked the, uh, was checking my email, went to Yahoo and saw a baseball legend, Tim McCarver passed away. How like, did we not talk about it Friday? I, I think we got caught up in the, because uh, we never talked baseball. That's true. Yeah. So I got, so like, I'm literally sitting there at work going, well, my childhood's dead. This is great. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Ralph Kiner, Bob Murphy, and Tim McCarver, all God, Gary Carter. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> and son of a bitch, Steve Sabrisky's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Thorne's still k- kicking it. Yeah. I, but Gary yeah. Everything. I was just like, come on, man. Like, you know, Sean, it is, it's it's amazing how, you know, they, they they go. And like you said, you know, Tim McCarver was just one of those guys. He was around the game for so long and he called. So as much as like growing up, I would hear the Joe Garagiola and 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 uh and fucking I can't think anybody's name. I can't do it. What's his fucking name? We've been Scully. I, you know, the Vince Scully. <laughs> like the generation after that, it was always McCarver and whoever. Yeah. McCarver and this, McCarver that, McCarver and Buck ended up being a lot of it because Joe Buck had the, you know, the Channel Five gig. I mean, but, you uh, had McCarver and uh, uh, what's his name, Costas. That's what I'm saying. So, we, but he went along. But then once the Channel Five, like I said, it was yeah. a lot. But I mean, the guy did 28 Worlds, 28 World Series. Was it 28 or t- whichever one of flip flop? He either did 28 and 22 all-star games and world series, but the most ever he called the most world series ever. And I mean, you don't, they don't keep you on if you're not, you know, if you're not any good. And like I said, I know a lot of people critiqued him, but the guy, he knew the game inside and out and everything else. I, I think a lot of people bitched about him being like dumbing it down too much. I was like, what? Nah, he just, what's, he, what's wrong with explaining Keith, Keith Hernandez 
breaks it down to the simplest form of anything. And my kids will be like, what's going on? I'm like, just listen to the broadcast. And by the way, you have to do is listen and you will learn everything that I've learned. Kudos to Keith signing on again for another Sunday. They kept the boot together. Did he sign like a, a just a single year or was it? I think, no, it I think it's multiple? three years, maybe. Good. All right. Good. It's something like that. Two or three. Because that, I'll take them to 20, right? The three of them? Well, yes. I, I think that's what they were shooting for or something okay. like that. It's, it's the mold. T- and he got some shit. I think he gets a drive. I, you know, he just, he was like, he doesn't do any Philly games because they got bad fundamentals. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bad fundies. Uh, I still think the greatest thing is when you're sitting there and listening to a game. And there's a pitch, and you're like, it was either missed by the, it was either missed by the batter or the umpire missed the call, and you just hear, mm. <laughs> I fucking love that man. I think that's great. My favorite is when he goes, "Oh, you can't do that. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh, that that Gare Gare, hold on, Gare. Well, that I is- like what I like what he says, and he goes, oh, I don't know if I agree with you, Gary. Um, <laughs> uh, he's just." Well, it's funny as Gary's great at it too because he knows he doesn't know as much about baseball as Keith Hernandez does. The guy's been well, obvious for obvious reasons, right? But he's been calling the game. Yeah, Gary Cohen been with the Mets for what twenty five years at least now. Almost thirty, I think it's thirty. And so with with this time in the radio booth and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got Keith Hernandez sitting next to him. Yeah. So if Keith Hernandez says to me, "I don't know, Sean," I'm like, "Are please, well." But, Tell me, I, I want to know. <laughs> but what does Hernandez always do? If there's a rule, he goes, Gary, what is the rule? Yeah. <laughs> What's the rule, Gary? Because he knows he knows the fucking book backwards and forwards. What is the rule, Gary? Uh, see, the, people complain about a pitch clock and all that. This 12-minute review is what's taking forever. Oh, I got to go back into the city tonight. Uh, <laughs> you gotta get Keith, what do you got to get home from? Haji is... Uh... <laughs> I can't just leave Haji by himself for four days, Gare. The best is when his 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 ring was going off the whole thing. Yeah, they go, what is it? He goes, I have a new cat sitter and uh, my <laughs> ring is going off. I apologize, folks. <laughs> One of the funniest ones I ever saw was when the three of them, they're at a game in Philly. It was the game when they hit like eight home runs. Yeah, yeah. Earlier in the game, it's like nine to five Mets at this point. The umpire literally drops a ball out of his ball bag. And they comment about it. And then radio silence for like five minutes as the game's playing. And you know the three of them are just sitting there giggling their balls off. Laughing. Just dying. And then Gary comes on like like three pitches later. like, oh, it counts three and two. And and I just hear Keith go, Ronnie, where did he drop that from? (laughs) (laughs) He dropped from his ball bag. RJ, you know, where did you drop that from? They had they had to cut they cut everything off. They cut off all the fucking. They <laughs> hit the button, the snooze button, so nobody could hear them. I just uh, like I said, their booth is fantastic. It's really going to be a shame when that breaks. It, up. It's literally the only reason. I like I love watching the Mets, but they, we've had some seasons recently where it starts hot, and then you're like, this team sucks. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> and, but like, if the three of them are on. It's your team, but they, I just they, want to watch that. Like, I just want to hear the three of them talk to, talk about the games. They they just they could do like I said. Look, the other guy is just a, a, a little nebbish person who couldn't play the game so well, but he loved the team his whole life. Yeah, and he, and he knows the game, and that's his thing. And he got to he gets to call the game of the team that he loves, just like Fish Face. 
the other the other two oh that's fine put it in the books then the other two <laughs> the other two guys were players they played on the same team they won a championship together but the two of them together one pitch and one hitting one fielding that actually they were both great fielders yeah but when they sit there and they talk about the game going back and forth it just it, it's a dynamic that works because the one the, the lead guy Cohen throws in his it's almost like he's a ball player too but who knows more and like they treat him like they don't treat him like like I said when Hernandez says Gary you know the rules what's the rule book now Keith Hernandez knows the games backwards and forwards mm-hmm. but he knows that Gary Cohn knows it all so they don't treat him like you know the little the little brother who can't yeah. do anything he runs the fucking show and they know that and then they do their stuff and and they talk about they, they, they talk about, you know, how the game was played as opposed to how it is now. Like I said, I get, when they're talking this year, it's going to be great. But forget, I mean, the pitch clock's the pitch clock. Yeah. But the shit with the bases, the runner on second again, you know, you know to, to vote in the thing on second, I was listening the other day on the radio. That's not in the playoffs, is it? It's just regular season. No, 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 season. It's, it's just regular season. All but right. Sean, the, the reason, so they, they're trying to, they're talking about it on the Michael K show, and, and they're sitting there saying, well, it's just, you know, folks, it's they don't want the games to go long. They want it to get and they don't want they want people not to lose interest and they do. But here's my point. People already bought the fucking ticket. They bought nine innings worth of concessions. They've done anything. They can fucking leave. you're not. It's not drawing the interest in by you putting a runner on second. And it doesn't decrease the interest if you don't put a fucking runner on second. The yeah. game's already bought and paid for. You've already played the game. It How it's constituted within the nine innings. So it doesn't matter. Sure, and the reason they do it is because. Pitchers don't pitch. So you don't have a starting pitch. Every game is a starting pitcher and four relievers. So now you get into extra innings. These guys don't want to fucking, well, now what am I going to do with a bullpen? What do you mean? What are you going to do? You should have guys who can pitch. You should have a starter that goes seven, seven, two thirds, eight innings. That's the thing. That is the only reason they do this. And it's the, and it's for the arms. And it's the most ridiculous thing. It has nothing to do with, oh, they don't want to play all night. Because they don't, they don't want fans to lose interest. It's not about losing the interest. You've already, you've accomplished what you wanted to do for the game. You sold it. People aren't coming in now. Hey, it's the 10th. They didn't let me get in to buy tickets. And people after 10, 9 aren't saying, give me a refund. So yes. to sit there and say it's about the game, it's not about the game. It's about mismanagement of bullpens. It's about mismanagement and the way they use pitches today. That's all it's about. Number two, the second one, they, they you know, I'm listening to them and they're like, they want all these rules because they pulled the fans and the fans. So now they, they make me laugh because they're like, they want more stolen bases. So that's why you make the bases bigger. Like to, to me, Sean, it's just, first of all, they want more stolen bases, but yet the analytics tells you don't run into an out. Don't steal bases. So the fans are telling you, Hey, we want more stolen bases. Your analytics, which they all love and they all go by, doesn't <laughs> say don't run for an out. That's stupid. Don't get your player hurt. That's even stupider. (laughs) We're going to sit here and we're going to make the bases bigger. And to me, I laugh at it also because they sit here and they, they, they try to tell you that today's athlete is better than yesterday's athlete. Are they? Because now they're going to run with a fucking half a a couple inches further. So you, they had to move the bait, make the bases bigger. So these fucks could steal. And you're going to sit here and tell me they're better than yesteryear. They're not that they work out more. That's it. That's and they eat and they eat crab breast. That's all they do. They are not better. It's not, it's in any of the sports. 
They are not better. And the minute they fucking stop saying crab that, the minute they <laughs> stop saying that, they are not better. Even if you I, look like, like I said, I love Tom Brady. I love what he's done. The guy had the best postseason career out of anybody. That just does it. Do I think he's better than Joe Montana? No, I don't even think that, 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 that Tom Brady's better than Peyton Manning. But the guy was he's excellent. He's the all time greatest winner. And he can play, and he's had a he's a Hall of Fame career from that. But to sit here and say, look, he took care of himself to 45. Yes, I, I get that. And look, I would love the guy to be starting on the Giants tomorrow. The point being is we sit here and say all of these guys are better. And yes, he is better than a lot of quarterbacks before him. But it doesn't, there's still a lot of guys from the 70s and 80s that if I said, hey, we put them put them on the team today that Tom Brady played on, they would do just as well. So we sit here and we just sit here and we say, now I'm not talking about the wins. I'm not talking about, look, the guy's a special quarterback at the Super Bowls. Yeah. I just, to, to sit here and say players are better <coughs> and we got to make bases bigger so they steal, it's fucking pathetic. I would, as a player, I would go to the union and say, you're fucking kidding me, right? <laughs> I, I mean, they, they, you, we're going to make the bases bigger and now we're going to start running. Sean, you saw it, remember the minute, the minute they did it, oh, we made the bases. But look, Acuna might steal 35 big. Ooh, 35 big. Guys had that in May. <laughs> fucking Vince Coleman had 35 stolen bases at the end of May. We're sitting here acting like, oh, that's a big fucking deal. He's going to steal 35 bases. Rogers and Daniel stole 66 bases that year with the Mets. 66. We're going to sit here and we're going to sit here with Jose Reyes. All the guys who ran. We're going to sit here and we're going to honestly say. David Wright was a 30-30 guy. 30 guy. We're, we're making the bases. Holy, Howard Johnson was a Yeah, I was about to say that. Hojo. But I just. I, so the reason you make these rules, stop with the nonsense of doing it. I, the, the, and here's the thing, too. You want people base and play. You want that? Teach people how to fucking hit. <laughs> hit, make contact. Joey Gallo doesn't belong in baseball. Neither do any of the fucking people who will like it. You strike out 170 times, you shouldn't be a major leaguer. Let's just fucking say it. But you know who strikes out over 170 times? Mike Trout, Vladimir Guerrero. Uh, fucking Does Trout strike out that much? He's had a couple of 190 seasons. If you look Jesus. At it. it doesn't seem like he does, though. But he's. He, I think he's had a few. Look it up. I think, right a, I think he's had a few 180s, 190s. I don't know if he's ever gone over 200. Because it actually, it, it's, <laughs> it boggles my mind also. Because in 100 and, 100 and whatever games last year, he had 40 homers in 160, 109 games. So I'm just checking to see the number. Okay, so 2014, he had 184. Okay. That's it? And, uh, yeah, but he's had 158, a couple 130s. He's had a couple 120s up to 184. All right, so 184, he's only the one time? Yeah. All right, so then that's not bad. So then it was only the one time. I see, like I said, I know it was but never. still, that's fucking. No, well, 120 is not bad. I, I, whatever, you can get by with that. That's fine. You still make a contact. I don't see what he did in 2022. Hold on a second here. Year 2022. Strikeouts. 139 in 119 games. Well, that's it. And he had 40 homers, though, too. Yeah, he did. 42 run homers. How much? 42 run homers. 80 RBIs. He's a leadoff hitter, though, isn't he? 42 run homers? Yeah, he had 80 RBIs. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he bad second, I think. They bad him second. second, okay. Which is terrible. I, once again, <laughs> I don't understand why you bat these guys second. It's stupid. <laughs> why isn't he batting like 
third or fourth? He should bat third. The best hitter should bat third in your lineup. Well, I mean, who's the better hitter, him or Otani? <laughs> well, no, bad. Oh, I, I, if you want to bat, oh, but, well, maybe they would do an Otani. No, they couldn't have done Otani two and then him three. Or he would have driven in more runs. But he did only play 109 games. Can't wait for Otani to be a Met next year. A very Otani and Machado. <laughs> it's going to be an embarrassment of riches soon, Joe. And we're still not going to win somehow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, something will fuck up. So the last two seasons, Otani's played 155 and 157. She strikes out a lot. Well, what does he get? What does he do? 189 in 2021 and 161 last year. See, that's, a, that's, that's what I'm saying. And this is a guy who's a good hitter. With a 273, 356, 875 slash. So 273 batting average, 356 on base, and an 875 ops. The year before that, though, his ops was 965. Yeah, but but like once again, it just so I know, I know. No, 189 strikeouts. It, half the time, if he puts the ball in play, he's got a shot at a hit. This is a. God, I would love the Mets to fucking get this guy. Well, the Mets are going to have to do something because in a couple of years, their pitching is going to be a little thin. Unless these guys all, you know, unless McGill and, and Patterson ever, Peterson ever become anything. Well, that's kind of the thing, right? Like, they, those two have to develop. The wild card is Joey Lacuzzi this year, Lacuzzi. He's... <laughs> I don't think that he's a bad pitcher. But to hear him talk and go, oh, I think I could be a starter. It's like, dude, can't just be a middle reliever. Well, they're going to stretch him out to be a starter, which one doesn't matter. It's, it's only five innings anyway. I know, but. But he said, you know, he was pitching his best baseball when he t- broke his arm there. You know, his fucking uh, – That was his best baseball? Well, no. Yeah, no. We, up until he got hurt, he had like a one-something ERA, a one-to-one over those few starts. His ERA for that year was like seven or some shit. Yeah. Or six. But he had that because somebody taught him I, – I think it was Strowman might have told him about a, a – was it Strowman? It couldn't have been Strowman. Strowman pitched two years. Yeah. Well, he pitched a year after he be traded. Twenty nineteen and twenty twenty one, yeah. Yeah, well, he was traded. Was Lacazy? Wait, when did Lacazy get hurt? Twenty one. Yeah, and he had so a four point four six ERA. Four point four, but towards his last like seven starts, he pitched like a one to one ERA. Yeah, and that they somebody told him he changed his mechanics a little, and he said that's what. And it's funny once again. Guy's pitching the best, but yet he's hurt. Almost like Jacob Degrom every time. Guy was pitching to a one zero eight ERA and he's hurt. How are you hurt? <laughs> How are you fucking hurt and pitch to a one zero eighty already? It, it's 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 crazy. By the way, Jake already taking it slow. Yeah, I saw that. It's 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 actually it's it's. I think a lot is him. Yeah, I I mean he comes in, he goes, ah, I'm a little sore. All right, sit down, don't go out there and pitch. <laughs> you know, I know it's not about you know you know how you'll get past the sore if you pitch through it. <laughs> Yeah, so in six of his last seven appearances of 2021, Lucchese gave up one or less run in each game. See, that's I told you, he pitched well. 
and three and a third, four, three and two thirds, four and two thirds, five, five and a third. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he pitched well and then he got hurt yeah. or he was hurt and then just kept pitching. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like you said, it goes when it goes. Um, okay. I, I think I know who I was. I was thinking about Yamamoto or whatever his name was. Okay. No, no, no. But, but Sean, they're saying he could be the wild card because if, if he, you, <laughs> your fifth starter out of one of these two guys isn't doing well and you can throw him in or he'll be the other lefty out of the bullpen, but he will pitch multiple innings. Good. And that's, that's what you need. So was he the one he, with the churve? Yeah. Yeah. That's him. Okay. And he's got another pitch. He's got a mystery pitch this year. I'm talking to Senga. Yeah. <laughs> he was hitting 98 today. Yeah, he's, uh, that's And you know what? I got to be honest. <clears throat> that's another thing too. I I think Major League Radar guns are fucking exaggerated a little bit. <laughs> well, because, sure, I, everybody yeah, can't throw, the same thing. Everybody can't throw 100 miles an hour. It, it's re- and especially when guys, you're going to tell me guys like J.R. Richard, a lot of guys who were throwing hard, Randy Johnson when he first came up, they're like, oh, that's at 92, 93. It, it, you, 92, 93, guys were swinging, swinging a half an hour late. He had to be throwing in the high 90s, and I know he got to there eventually, but I'm saying same motion, same whatever. So all of these guys threw in the low to mid-90s at best, and every yeah. guy who comes out of the bullpen now throws 100. Come on. Hey, come on. Well, his thing, too, like Dolan Ryan never hit 100. Well, no, but that's – that's. I, I was watching a clip of him pitch to Pete Rose. He was hitting 96. But what happened was as the game goes on, he'll get it up to 98. I think he threw it 100 if you does. But that's the thing, too. You're going to sit there and tell me that Nolan Ryan never threw 100 miles an hour? I was watching him in the All-Star game, the ball dart out of his hand, into the glove. He, he struck out Dave Parker. He sh- I forget who it was. Rose let off, then it was somebody else, then Parker, or whatever it was. Just throwing the ball. And it was just, boom, right into the glove. Boom, boom, boom. It would either take off or it would just be on a fucking line. And and that's what I'm saying. You're going to tell me this guy threw 92 and guys, it's it's bullshit. It is. Can you, everybody can you believe the Mets traded him? Everybody can't throw 100. Yeah, well, you know what it is? They thought he'd never have any control. And he really didn't. <laughs> he walked a ton of fucking guys, man. He really, you know. Seven no-hitters, that one perfect game. Seven? Yeah, it says a lot. <laughs> yeah, so. And 5,200 strikeouts. <laughs> But he figured a way to make it work, you know. <laughs> he fi- but here's the thing, too. Never had any arm trouble. Never. No, not one. I, was to, I was about to say that about Randy Johnson. Never had arm trouble. Pitch, you pitch with your legs. That's how you pitch. You don't have to, you don't make your upper body strong. You make your trunk strong. It's Tom Siva, all of these guys, all those guys who threw had thick legs. And that's, that's how you got to pitch. Like even, uh, Shilling, like he never had arm problems. Glavin, Maddox, none of them. Makes no sense. Well, it was just it was the way. It was, and and look and and look, I know Greg Maddox didn't throw hard, so he was a 92-93 guy. But let me tell you, it was all movement. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, but I, they say a lot of times it's the whipping motion of the arm because it's not a natural arm movement, which makes sense. But I'm just saying, like guys have been pitching for a hundred plus years. And in the past 25, Tommy John's become regular? Like, why? Well, sure. And that's, that, that, that's what I said. One <clears throat> guy got it in 1978 or 79. Tommy Johnson. And then <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And then 
it was still relatively guys didn't get it a lot. You know, a few guys got in the eighties, then in the nineties. Now kids were getting it in high school. What, what, what are you doing? <laughs> because, and it's funny because Tommy John's the only guy who came back and didn't throw harder. <laughs> yeah. Every, everybody else threw harder after it was done. So I think kids did it because they knew they were going to come back and throw harder. And, and, you know, I, I say the same thing. I'm like, nobody had Tommy John. Nobody was getting it done, even after he got it done. You'd Bob occasionally Bob. hear about a rotator cuff, whatever. Rotator was the biggest thing. That but was na- the- now it's fucking like. no. Who's got rotator cuff trouble? Ever. Nobody. Ever. And yet everybody's throwing harder, supposedly, and all that stuff, too. And, you know, yet once again, Sean, it's the same thing. A pitcher getting muscular up in his upper chest or his arms does not equate to throwing the ball harder. No. And you can look at it, look at Pedro Martinez, light, pitcher at 160, 170 pounds, big head, no. huge fingers, though, whip motion. Boom, boom, boom. Good mechanics, the ball throw. Jacob deGrom, as tall as he is, very thin, throws the ball. But, I mean, we're going to sit here and say Jacob deGrom throws the ball harder than anybody in the history of the fucking game because they keep saying, oh, he's got fucking 290 pitches over 100 miles an hour. It's just it's it's bullshit. It isn't. You know, it, he doesn't throw harder than Gibson. He doesn't throw harder than Ryan. He didn't throw harder than Johnson. He didn't. He just it doesn't. I don't know if they're. I don't know if the the guns are gassed up now or if the guns weren't as good back then. Well, either way. So, but I, I either way, but that's yeah. but to pretend that it didn't other guys happen. weren't doing it is yeah, it's ridiculous. Or, or coming close to it, you know, yeah. I, and. When you used to look at things, remember, like guy, a guy was pitching, and it was like the first three innings, his fastball was ninety-two miles an hour. Then he was pitching three through six, it was ninety-three. Then now it was seven, eight, nine. His fastball got up to ninety-five. Yeah, he was throwing harder as the game went along. As that as he loosened up, that happened all the time when you listen to guys. So I'm saying now they come out and they throw 100 on the first pitch of the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? And routines. Look, I know. Look, they, they, they do a lot of different day, you know, a lot of fucking, you know, but it, the guys got loose the same way. You still had to go into the throw, the throw bullpen before you, you came in. So to sit here in fact and just say, okay, now guys all of a sudden today are throwing 100 first pitch of the game. Where guys would you, and I know the mentality is different because now they throw as hard as they can on every pitch. Yeah. That's why they, they can only pitch four or five innings. And that's why they end up hurting their arms because they don't know how to pitch. So a guy didn't need that. They're all heavy breathing by the fucking fifth inning. Well, I mean, listen, you know, you're throwing the classic leadoff man or any, any leadoff man worth the shit. He'll take that cock shot fastball the first time, you know, just to see what you got. Yeah. And if I know I don't have to throw it 100, I can just throw it 90 and get me over one right off the bat. Most guys don't jump on it. Changes a little when a guy like Schwab leads off. Yeah. Because <laughs> he might swing at the first one <clears throat> just to see. I told you, Sean, if I start, if I was a starter, I'd come out my first five, six starts. First pitch of the, every game would be a curveball. I was just about to say that. Just throw it I was it just about to say that or a changeup. Just throw the curveball over. See if you got some feel right away. Throw the first pitch. They're probably going to take it. And when the league's like, well, this guy throws a curveball. And you're mixing some other shit. Mm. But it's just, uh, 
it's 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 different. And like I said, the rules, the rule changing. I, I mean, and it bothers me also because we talked. You know, I, before we uh, came on, I had on a basketball game a little bit, and I forget who was playing. It was uh, might have been Milwaukee when I turned on ESPN. It was Milwaukee and Miami, maybe. Mm-hmm. And Sean, I only watched a few minutes of it because I was changing the channels. The first six possessions I saw, three each, three three point, uh, six three pointers, all missed them. <laughs> Not one offensive rebound came down the floor. So when Miami came down the floor for their fourth shot, guy dribbled in, got to about fifteen to eighteen feet, threw it up, swish. Hey, look at that. Walkie <laughs> gets the ball, he comes down, guy dribbles in. He was probably 12 to 15 feet, throws it up, swish. I, I just, the game, basketball is terrible. And I know, once again, this is the greatest basketball. No, it's not. It's not even close. It's terrible. Six, three, six, I watched six three-pointers in a span of six trips up and down the court, three by each team. They clanked every fucking one up. They didn't even complain, not like a rimmed out or did any, they clanked, went up 15 feet in the air. Not one offensive rebound because nobody's under the basket. It's just, it's such a bad game. And when they, and then they sit there and they tell, oh, basketball's flourishing. And it's flourishing for what? It's fucking garbage. <laughs> really but, is. I, I mean, the all-star game got destroyed in the rating. Well, can I tell you that? No, not only, the, now this is the first time they started talking about it. And good for them. They should yeah. talk about it. Their product sucks. But because so much money, and because they can play players so much money, once again, you're not the best players because you get paid a whole shitload of money. It's not how it is. No. The guys who played before you were really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> really good. And they played every night and they played every. So now they finally got on that the, the, the All-Star game's a joke. And now they're ripping on the load management also. So fucking good. Maybe you bring the game back. Hey, here's a novel idea. How about play some fucking defense? Yeah. Right? Maybe that's how you, you created a league that's one one dimensional. Three point shots, no defense. You think Michael Jordan or Kobe was gonna let another team, even in the all-star game, score 180 to 190 points on their team? Jordan, did you watch it? It was just yeah, those guys jogging. The boys was, had it on. I wasn't watching. I was watching. No, no, no. Game. I didn't I watched the, the replays once they were talking about it. Yeah. It like was, little it was stupid. <sighs> Guys would just like the defense would just stop at the foul line. That's it, and just and you'd be like, "Well, that was." And you fun. sit here and you're like, "This is the this is the best." I can I tell you, I would have taken ten guys out of the stands and said, "Fuck it, you guys play." <laughs> it would have played harder. It would have meant more. It would have been fantastic. It's just uh, I don't get it. At least the next one. Oh, they're playing well down the stretch here. Yeah. Yeah. I think what there's twenty two games left. Uh, hey, can I tell you, it'd be nice. 21. 20, well, after tonight. Right? Yeah, after tonight, yeah. If, if. Oh, fuck, <laughs> they were here? Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize they were in Washington. Huh. If, if they could win a round, maybe move, move, a, you know, but here's, here's why basketball is so funny also. When they were the bells of the ball a couple of years ago, made the playoffs, but they they didn't. You know, Atlanta took their had their number, beat them. Yeah. Then they come back out, and they, and it's not the same year. And they get to the rest, you know, and then you're not. And then you come out again and start off good again. Then you don't have you're not playing so well. 
then it's, you know, Thibodeau's got to go and then they got to get rid of this and then they got to do this. And then you run off eight straight wins and then you do this and you're back and forth. Does anybody not, do you know what sports is all about? Fucking consistency. <laughs> and any team that wins on the norm or on the reg, as the kids say, <laughs> fucking consistent. And there is no, there's no consistency in sports except for a few teams. There's no, and in basketball, it doesn't exist because look, they show with load between load management, they don't even fucking play. They don't play hard. They don't do anything. Once again, oh, they're superior athletes. Who gives a fuck? They're not good. They don't care if their team finishes with a 41 and 41 record. As long as we make the play, Sean, it is the, it is the worst mindset you can have. And to be an NBA coach, and to sit there and say, uh, you, know, you know, you want a coach. And just to say, I, I, I told you I could not be a coach because I'd be like, you guys are fucking embarrassed. You're embarrassed. <laughs> you're robbing the fans. That's be what careful. you do. You're going to get choked like P.J. Carlissimo. Be careful. No, no, I'd never. That Latrella would have knocked them the fuck out. <laughs> knocked them out. Any of them cocksuckers would put their hands on me. I'd beat their <laughs> fucking ass. But without a doubt. Because I, I would be enraged by the fact that he even thought he could do that. <laughs> PJ, PJ Colismo was it? Look, he was a lot older, but he wasn't. He's not a, not a tiny man. Yeah, he just fucking blasted him right in his face. <laughs> like, I will him. say this: after that happened, and then he got traded to the Knicks. He played very well for the Knicks. For he did play well. So, he, he went to the title game. Title I was game. I was a bit of a Spreewell fan. I was like, oh, good thing he choked sure, out that the was coach. Just, that was just something that happened. Look, let's face it. Sometimes he look. Dibble not went after Lupinella, not threw yeah. him to the fucking ground. You know, uh, Pedro. Well, that was just in the heat of it. I Look, I love Don Zimmer. He took a charge. What was he supposed? He just tried to move him out of what? Was he supposed to let him run into him? <laughs> I, and look, that's not sticking up for Pedro. But I honestly always say that. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's the old man. He just happened to grab his big giant bulbous head and fucking move them. Listen, that man does not end up on his face if he doesn't go after Pedro. <laughs> it's that simple. But that's, but I'm just, I, like I said, I think Pedro gets a bad rap in that. Really? I know, because, but I'm with you. I'm saying if Don Zimmer never goes after him, yeah. that never happens. Well, it all thing, starts though, with Don Zimmer. If they say take the high road, he was going to punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so was he supposed to let him do that? That That's that's what I think the fucking the issue was. It wasn't that he threw an old man to the ground. The old man was lunging at him. He was coming <laughs> for him. So even if you just turn around, take a punch from him, why? I, how, why do I get to take a punch? I got him? a pitch next inning. What do you mean? Take yeah, a punch that, that's from? what I'm saying. And I, he didn't he, look. He didn't hit him. He didn't do it. Maybe he could have grabbed him, but he's got such a big bulbous head. The guy's a Halloween mask for Christ's sakes. He grabbed him and he just fucking he shoved him. I love him. Loves him. He's a dot. He's Don Knotts with a bigger head. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> loves him, but but he was in the wrong there. He was. He was. In the, I know. I don't blame him for going after his teammate. But it should have been somebody 50 years younger. It shouldn't have been been him. Well, to be fair, if Manny Ramirez didn't overreact to a pitch that wasn't even inside, that would have never had happened. This is true. Oh, so far inside, Manny. That was above the play. That was a Tim McCarver moment. moment I'll never forget. Oh, what are you upset about? It wasn't even near you. Well, Sean, to tell you the truth, he almost ducked his head into the pitch. The pitch was coming, and he moved his head forward. And it stuck the bat out and did whatever. The best part was the next year I was in basic training. The weekend that I graduated, I'm at the hotel with my parents 
and we're watching the Saturday afternoon game, it's Red Sox Yankees. And the A-Rod Veritech fight happens. Oh, really? oh. I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> First game I get to watch, and this is our this we're starting out well. All right, good I mean, stuff. Right, well, that was fun. a good one because you know, I I, I didn't think I thought it would just be a lot of jo- and not from Ver Veritech was a tough fuck. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying A-Rod couldn't do, but what I'm saying is A-Rod when I, you know, they 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 both. Once they got in the face, I thought he was going to do the John Travolta in Greece and pull his, <laughs> and pull his, but once they got right in each other's faces, it was on. It was, and that was, it was, it was definitely A-Rod's more shining moment. I didn't know what and the hell you were talking about. And then I remembered the and, scene. Oh, oh yeah. He fucking, he goes foul ball and he goes to the umpire and he fucking snaps the fucking mask in his face. <laughs> what do you mean foul ball? What? <laughs> Who? Where? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. <laughs> 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 oh my god! <laughs> like you said, it was better than a Rod with that slap and Bronson. Yeah, Bronson. Oh, that was awful. But once again, let me tell you something. Gary Cohn would have known the rule. <laughs> yeah. When that ball trickled away and Gita scored, I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me! I'm oh, like, I immediately said, you can't do that. I was well, you know what, Sean? It happened quick, and he was running, and he kind of just moved. Like when they slowed it down, you definitely sort of slap. Yeah. When it was fast and he was running, like because the guy always covers the ball with his hand. That you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, you can knock the ball out of the catcher's glove. At least at that time you could. Not now, not with the fucking stupid Buster Posey rule, <laughs> but but you 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 know you could do it. So it wasn't to say if a guy is coming for you and your hands just went down, which I think he tried to make it look like. Yeah. But then when they slowed it down. That was clear. And just did you? I just like, looked at going. I was running. No, no, but it was just like uh, it was terrible. It was, it was literally like a girl go, "Don't touch me." It was. It was. It was so fucking bad. I was like, oh, "My goodness!" Not only should they throw you out of the game, throw you out of the league. league. <laughs> you can't. Don't show your face again. That was oh like, my god! But Aaron had that shit. Well, he was running past the third baseman, screaming, "I got it!" You know, yeah. I mean, like. He was just a giant douche. <laughs> he really was. Uh yeah. That's why I can't listen to him call games. I can do I can deal with him in the studio. Yeah. But him and that like Michael K cast, I'm like, fuck you. Like, I don't like either of you. Yeah. It's and it's funny because he knows the game inside and out. He um, knows it inside yep. and out. Never had to do with steroid, the guy would have been a surefire Hall of Fame. He was hitting 40. Now, look, I know he did a little bit in high school. And, you know, so at 20 years old, he might have had a little, but he was still at his little body, you know, in terms he wasn't completely full. And the guy was hitting 40 homers as a 21-year-old. You know what I'm saying? 46 homers, then 50 homers. And then he said he really didn't hit it hard until he went to Texas. So, I mean, if you just stopped that six years from Seattle and never did the shit when you got to Texas, and then the only reason he did it when he became a Yankee is because – Oh, you're going to play in Yankee Stadium. You're going to hit 800 homers and be the all-time home run leader. You don't have to play shortstop anymore so you can get as big as you want. You know, they, they, they really fucked him by trading him there. Yeah. It, it, hurt, it hurt him more than it helped him. What they should have done was trade him to the Mets. <laughs> to the Mets. Oh, well, but actually, Boston. If he would have went to Boston. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it would have been a. They still wouldn't have won a World Series. That would have been some lineup, though. <laughs> and Manny and fucking uh, Ortiz. Well, yeah. Once again, I mean, Ortiz never got caught with drugs, but. Yes, he did. What do you mean? He no, he was one of the guys that tested in that first pool. No, well, they, they named him. Yeah, but it wasn't. He was named in the thing, but there was no. 
there was nothing yet that you know what i mean he, they just oh i know it. but i'm just saying that everybody acts like he never used them he did no no but they no but then all the times he tested after he never nothing ever happened the cycle he would have gotten suspended yeah but is he smarter than everybody else all the other fox who got caught <coughs> look there's always Maybe? a way that <laughs> well no they, look they always have something that's ahead of it how to cheat but Definitely I'm smarter than Rafael Palmero, I'll tell you Sean, that. Sean, but look at all the guys we got. You know, like I said, Sosa never failed the drug test. Bonds, Bonds never failed one. Look at the size of him. Bonds never did. Um, McGuire. <coughs> Palmero did. Well, it, and it's funny that Mark McGuire never did. And he, but he admitted that he used them. <laughs> so yeah. Years later. No, no, but they weren't illegal at the time. Yeah. But once they started testing, he still had them in his system. Yeah. Still never failed one. Look, I once again, Mark McGuire, great power hitter. Another guy with 49 homers at about 170 pounds and nine feet tall. <laughs> really didn't need to do it. Could have just worked out normal. Yeah. But to me, I, I still he's not a Hall of Fame player to me. He's, no. He wasn't, no. He wasn't a slugger like like a, like a Frank Thomas, not Frank Thomas. Well, Frank Thomas was. Yeah, Frank Thomas. But no, no, but who was the good hitter, just an all around. And look, Mark McGuire wasn't a bad defensive player when he played first. He he, he had good footwork around the bag, but he just, you know, it wasn't like he got 2,600 hits. Hmm, he, mean, he hit home runs. All he, he did was hit home runs, yeah. And he batted 260, and, you know, that was it. That's So was that a, that was never a Hall of Fame player. Look, was it fun? To watch him hit a ball the other way in Chase Stadium halfway up the fucking scoreboard? Yes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure it was. It was ridiculous. But so we, he wasn't getting the whole thing in my eyes anyway. So I yeah. I don't know why we even give a shit <laughs> that he, you know, oh, Mark McGuire didn't get in. Okay. And to tell you the truth, hey, look, and I know you don't have to be a good hitter to teach hitting and you don't. Then he became a hitting coach for all those years for multiple clubs. Um. But it's funny. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't read Barry Bonds was the Marlins hitting coach. I remember that a little bit. Um, he was on the team when Fernandez died. And he, and he talked, he had his, he just had his thing, but he, he had hitting in the simplest form. Yeah. And it was just, uh, there was a video I recently saw about that. He, he was talking to someone. He was like, it was like, what do you do when you catch a ball? It's just an extension of your arm. Right. And the guy's like, yeah, it's like, that's what I do with the bat. I just catch that's it with a different utensil. That's it. Catch. And it's catch like I just catch it with my bat. <laughs> Knob and then boom. Yeah. Tony and Gwynn. It, yep. Tony Gwynn had, I watched something with Tony Gwynn that day too in front around a bunch of kids. And he told him, he's like, look, you got to get your balance. And you hit, you know, you get your balance, you get it. He goes, but the most important, what's the most important thing? And everybody was like, lunch, look how fat you are. He's like, oh. <laughs> no, but he said, man, just you come in barrel. Barrel, yep. your bottom of your body, your back, boom, and then your hands. <laughs> that fucking guy could hit, man. I'll never forget him explain. Like I had to be between seven and ten years old. Twib was on. Uh-huh. Uh, dude, for those that this don't know, that's baseball, this week in baseball. Yeah, for all for all you donners. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Great show, man. I love. I watch them on YouTube. I watch old ones from the seventies and the eighties. That's awesome. But uh, it used to come on every Saturday before the game of the week. Mm-hmm. And so he was on it one time for one of like their, because uh, there was always like a segment on the show, like kids at home, this is how you could do this or whatever. Yeah. Like this is how you turn two. This is how you do whatever. Ozzy right? Smith said, if you don't have anybody to catch with, throw a ball against the wall. Yep. Yeah. 
And so Tony Gwynn, they were like, so you have, you, you kind of hit the ball everywhere. You don't just hit it to, to, you don't just pull it. You don't just go to center field. You don't just go to the opposite field. You kind of hit it everywhere. And he goes, well, yeah, because I, I read the defense and depending on what the defense is giving me, that's what I try to do. So if I'm going to pull, hit the ball to the right field, because they're giving me a hole on that side of the infield, say the first baseman's holding the guy on and I've got the big hole there. I'm going to swing earlier so I can meet the ball out in front of the plate so I could pull it that way. If I'm going to, if I want to go to center because I don't really have anywhere else to go and they give me a little space up the middle, I let the ball travel a bit further, meet it at the front of the plate and drive it and then and, and try to meet it there and just, it'll go center field. If I want to go to left field because they're, they're shading me to right or whatever, let the ball travel a bit further. And then I, as I swing, my bat will be in the direction to push, hit the ball to left field. And I'm like, that's so easy. <laughs> I was, and like when I play ball with friends, I would do the same shit. Not when I played in like little league, I forgot how to fucking hit for three years, but <laughs> when I play with my buddies, like wiffle ball or whatever, same shit. Like it would just be like, let me wait for the ball to get further. And I'll just go the other way. Do it in softball. Now, like when I'm playing men's leagues, I just wait longer to swing and then I drive it the other way. Like funny was Derek Jeter's philosophy on hitting too, in terms of just he'd look for a fastball and he'd wait for it to wherever it got. And that's why he hit a lot of the balls. He sort them off the because he waited, he waited, waited, waited just to look for a fastball and get it. And you know, that was his his same thing too. You 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 think a lot of these guys had a better and I'm not gonna say better approach. But then some of them just had a simplistic approach. As Keith Hernandez says, Mike, Mike Schmidt, who he thought was a fantastic hitter, he never realized till he talked to him one day that he was a complete guess hitter. He got into account and he guessed what the pitcher was throwing. And he said he was just too good a hitter to do that. You know, Mike Schmidt could hit. Yeah. Not just home runs. And look, once again, he didn't have 3,000 hits. But he was good. Mike Schmidt batted 280 a bunch of years. He was just a good hit, and he said he just looked so relaxed and comfortable at the plate. And obviously, when he guessed right, he hit the fucking ball a mile, 500, 500 and whatever that many times over the fence. But just he, he was a complete guess hitter. So if he said for his pitch he was going to get a fastball, he might swing at it. But if it was one and zero, he knew he was getting another fastball. The guy threw a curve, he laid off it. There was a Tony Gwynn thing against Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz those years with the Braves. It was it, it was amazing when you you looked at what he did <laughs> and all the bats that he had against them when they were it's it was like say first of all the amount of almost no strikeouts yeah you know which which is look I mean Smoltz was really the only hard thrower out of there who you know relied on a strikeout I yeah. mean Lavin Lavin and Maddox got you know a pitch a foot and a half off the plate so that helped them but Tony I mean it was just it was it was crazy his career numbers against those three. I mean, we were just talking about guys striking out earlier. The most strikeouts in any season that Tony Gwynn ever had was 40. Yeah. How many, how many plate appearances? 578. And what he hit that year, average? 313. Which is an off year for him also. <laughs> yeah. I mean. That was his fourth worst batting year. So he had a 313 average because he struck out 40 times. Yep. 
the guy was just, I mean, a complete had a complete. I mean, if you look at 2001, and granted, it's not a full season. He only played 71 games. He was also 41 years old. Only had 112 plate appearances. Do you want to guess how many times he struck out? Out of 112 plate appearances? Mm-hmm. Four. Nine. Nine. With a 324 batting average. And that's at a 41-year-old where your hand eye is getting less. Well, here's even crazier. In, 20, in 2000, he only played in 36 games, so half the games had more plate appearances, though. <laughs> at 140, guess how many times he struck out? 12. Four. Oh, so before I was right the first half. Yeah, like I don't. Well, he must have, in that 2001, he must have pinched hit a lot. I don't know if. So I, I think back to being a kid, right? Like 10, 11, 12 years old, when you get into kid pitch, nine, whatever it was. I would get embarrassed when I struck out. Like fucking embarrassed. Like I would much rather hit a dribbler back to the pitcher than ever hear strike three. Sean, it was the mentality. It was a wasted at bat because you didn't put the ball in play. You didn't do anything. They took that. They've taken that out of the, the realm of thinking. Now it's just an out. Hey, you're going to make an out anyway. Why not strike out? No. <laughs> Put the ball in play. That's the only way you get a fucking hit. <laughs> and the other team might make an error. So you give yourself two chances. by putting tr- That strike in 94 truly stole an opportunity for us to see a guy hit 400. It would be about 394 that year, right? Yep. But he'll, was, he'll never, nobody will ever come close again. The only thing is at that 394, and that was in August, that would have been tough. He would have had to have a bunch of fucking three or four hit games to get him back over 400. Like a couple of four for fours or a. Yeah, but if anybody could have done it. No, no, I, I, Sean, I, I, I think, but at 394, give me, what was his hits that year? How many hits did he have? 165. And, and how many games did he play? 110. 165. So not only that, fuck, he might have had 230 hits also, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, 60, 50 games left. I don't know. I don't know if he would have got that. But he would have, yeah. look, it, it did. It did. It does rob you. 394 is no joke. What was it 86? He played his most games, 160 with 642 at bats, 35 strikeouts. So the other 607 times that he got official plate appearances, like official, like uh, at bats, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. He put the ball in play. Over 600 times. Yeah. <laughs> and what did he, he hit that year? 329. Which is... Higher than what Jeff McNeil hit this year to win the batting title. Yeah. But they, like it shouldn't just, you know, they, you want to change the game. Makes you mad now. <laughs> well, you see how passionate I get. I think, I think because the, once again, you could fix all of these things in these games. If you just went back to the way it was done, yeah. it doesn't have to be, it's not complicated. You shouldn't be teaching people just to hit home runs. And say it's a part of the it, no, it's not. It's not to, you 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 glorify look for years, Rob Deere, Dave Kingman, 
Um, it's to some extent, Joey Gallo now. George Foster. Well, I mean, George Foster had an MVP season. What I'm saying I mean, is, but he's still. No, no, but what I'm saying is, and he played on a big red machine. He, he well, George Foster wasn't a, George Foster was a bad ball player when he became to the Mets. And it was really only the first year. I mean, those first, he had 28 homers and 26. So he had decent years, 90 RBIs. And then he just shit canned them for Lee Mazzilli. Hey, let's get Lee a ring. But, but, but Sean, what I'm saying is. Because they were racist. Guys, those guys were, although, remember, he, he was in the fucking ballpark for game six. And one of the DSPN girl, whatever, one of the old timers, she was, she was, she was at the time she was for channel four. Mm-hmm. And she was going down and George Forster said, where are you going? She goes, well, I'm going down for when she he goes, this game isn't over. Mm-hmm. He goes, not with this team. And you know what? He was right. Kind of shitty to invite him back to the ballpark after they yeah. but But uh, <laughs> those guys, th- that, those type of hitters were frowned upon. I mean, even Dave Kingman had a big year one year, but so, and now it's like, you just, you, you okayed it. You went ahead and you okayed it. It's okay to strike out. It's not. It's not. Make the approach different. Get your team. Change your team's approach. Who Who is the big guy that played for for Kansas City forever? I'm not kidding. Cincinnati, and then went to Chicago. Adam Dunn. Adam Dunn. That son of a bitch ruined baseball. Well, he had about four hundred and sixty something homers. Four sixty two. I forgot about that. Jesus, but. Let's just look at his strikeout numbers. 2012, where he had 222. Yeah. And the other one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 seasons where he had over at least 150. Mm. <laughs> he has more strikeouts. Then he has hits by about 700. What, what, what's the comparison? What was it? 2,379 career strikeouts, 1,631 career hits. And it's crazy if he just put not even half, 40% of those balls in play. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, it changes his whole career trajectory. He might hit 500 homers. Yeah, if he hits 40, if he just Barrels up 40 more balls. That's what I'm saying. But just 30% of those strikeouts, just put the ball in play. He might hit 500 homers. It's a difference between you batting another fucking, you know, maybe batting averages 25, 30 points higher. And he was like, wait, Sean, you still got him up? Yeah. His 2011 season, they say, was one of the worst seasons. What was, what did he do? Uh, 122 games, 496 plate appearances. 415 at bats, <laughs> 66 hits, 16 of which were doubles. The other 11 were home, uh, 11 homers. The rest are singles, 42 ribeye stakes. Um, oh, for one on steel attempts. He walked 75 times with 177 strikeouts. Uh, Jesus. A 159 batting average, Look a 292 on base percentage, <laughs> and a 569 OPS. That is one of the worst seasons ever. 115 total bases and uh, grounded into 10 double plays. 
one of the worst seasons ever. Shockingly, he didn't get any vote votes for the All Star Game or MVP <laughs> that year. But now he, he rebounded in 2012, I believe, right? Yeah, 2012, he played 151 games in 539, well, 649 plate appearances. He had 110 hits, almost doubled up. Good for him. <laughs> With 220, that's the year he had the 222. Okay. But he did have 41 homers and 96 RBI. Yeah, so the, the, his power, power numbers were that. Was that his last season? No, he played thir- 2000. Hold on. 2013, he had 34 homers. 2014, between Chicago and Oakland, he had 22. Another guy. Everybody ends up with the A's. <laughs> well, Holly played a couple seasons with the Nationals, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, before that. Yeah, 09 and 10. Yeah, no, I remember I remember one of the Nats. And he had big seasons. Big seasons. Both years he had 38 homers. Both seasons he had over 100 RBI. He walked 116 times in 2009. Only 177 strikeouts that year. Almost 150 hits. Well, like you said, so he he would run into them more often than not. I mean, hitting 40 home runs, but he struck out an awful lot. I would have never thrown him a fucking fastball. Ever. I I, I certainly would have. I mean, he, he never hit lefties well. Being left-handed, I, I certainly, I, I don't know, slow junk away, hard stuff away. See, it's hard to do hard stuff away because if you miss just a little bit, a guy can hit the yeah. ball to all fields now. <clears throat> so home run the other way. I guess you got to pitch in and try. I, I would just throw him soft shit. What's the worst thing that can happen? He rolls it over to the first base. Well, thing? that's what I always said, too. If you go low and away with slow, he's still it's got to be all him. Then. Yeah. Like I said, you throw a fastball to a guy away, even if he's missing off the plate, if it's just a little bit, his swing. His his strength of swing and and the ball velocity, you could you especially in that ballpark he was playing. Yeah. Cincinnati. But you know what? You come inside if he can't get around, even if he miss a little bit in, maybe you jam him. I mean, he was a big fuck and he stood away from the plate, so he could definitely turn on a ball. But I, mean, I love that good. stupid game so much. But this this is the shit that drives me insane. Me too. It's just, it's, and like you said, so you only had really one or two Adam Dunn's playing then. Yeah. Now you got three or four. You got two Adam, on every team. That's what I'm saying. You got two Adam Dunn's on every team now. I mean, God, God bless him. Pete Alonso is going to hit 40 homers, driving 100 plus RBI every year. Probably going to bat about 260, which I'm happy with. Yeah, no, but he's going to strike out 150 times. And, but the, you know what? And I still, the, the, I still think Pete Alonso is a good enough hitter not to do that. Yeah. He has a decent approach. He does, but he just gets and throws ruts where he fucking swings at the ball low and away. So in actually career, even counting 2020, I hate counting that season. I'm actually taking that one out while I look at his numbers just to compare. He's averaging between 2019. Uh, I didn't want all. Damn it. I hate. 
MLB reference sometimes. I don't want, I just don't want to include that year. Fuck you. All right. Anywho, this is three full years in the league. He's batted 260, 262, and 271. He said, obviously, that first year with the loaded balls, 53, 37, and 40. 27, 27, well, 30, 27, and 27 doubles. About 150 hits a year. Uh, plays about 155 games a year. 120 RBIs, 94, 131. His first year, he struck out a fuck ton, 183 times. But in 2021 and 2022, it was 127 and 128. Well, that's what I mean. So he's trying to cut down. He's drawn about 65 walks a season. OBP is good. Obviously, the on-base plus slugging is good. Like, now, how many doubles has he hit those years, though? Uh, in 2019, he had 30. 2021, he had 27. 2022, he had 27. Okay, you see, so is is if he hits the ball hard in a in the air, it's a home run or nothing. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's not a, a gap to gap hitter where the ball stay in the park and. But he'll get those ones that he pulls down the line, or even oh, I mean. into the right down the right field line. It'd be out in front or hit the ball the other way. If he would do what he did that one year, where he started going the opposite field in 2020 and 2021, he can have good seasons. I think it's possible for him to put in to get close to a 300 season. Uh, definitely a 280, 285. Look, if he can still cut the strikeouts down, let's just say to get to the 100, 110. Yeah. Give him a few more at-bats to put the ball in play. And just, you know, if Sean forget to strike out, how many fucking times does he pop the ball up with a guy on third base to the right side? I'm, I'm talking right parallel, 90 feet to the first base bag. I mean, he's good for at least 25 to 30 of those a season. It's very frustrating. He Extremely. grounds into a ton of double plays. Extremely, fr- which is funny because I don't recall him ever. You know, I watch every game and I'm like. You know, he was intentionally walked 16 times last year. Huh? I, I, I didn't feel like that many to me. Well, I, I guess he never really. Even though they played, they had a lot of five hitters, right? A lot of yeah. different guys, bad fifth. He, they really need to figure out an extension. Well, I mean, he's, you know. He's a goofy bastard, but I love having him in the lineup. There's there's no reason not to. You know why? Because he's your power protection. Yeah. It really is. You don't need to. I mean, you talk about a guy who could change it with one swing. I mean, the thing with him, he's going to hit 400 career home runs. He's already at 146. Let him set the team record. You know what I mean? Like, maybe win a ring, you know, see what happens. Well, there's no reason they can't give him six years. Yeah. I mean, Christ, he's only getting 14 and a half this year. The craziest thing about it is he's not a free agent until after, until 2025. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why they say lock him up. I'm ready. Let's start the season today. And as he's oh, did... huh. okay, sorry, 
I saw Jimmy Carter and I was like, uh oh. Oh, it didn't happen yet? He's still he's still with us, folks. All right. For us federal workers. Wait, what did it say? Yeah, no, we got I get a day off here as well. Yeah, I know. But, uh, and I'm uh, not I'm not, I'm not looking at what the man lived 98 years. All right. It, no, what, what did the headline say that you, what they said? Just his, his family's thing is with him at by his side at hospice. I'd say it's a matter of time. Probably. Close relatives of former U.S. President Jimmy Carter are remaining by his bedside as he receives hospice care at his home in Georgia. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What are we looking at? Tuesday, Wednesday? What does it look like? <laughs> Listen, I got, uh, it'd be really cool if we're going to get a national day of mourning, if we could just push that to Friday. <laughs> Going to smack down that night. Sade will be off too. Like, that'd be good. Um, Three-day three weekend. And plus I could make the hours beforehand because I'm a contractor now. So like, I would like, you know, to be able to do that so I can get, I don't have to use leave. You know. Hang on, Jimmy. Jimmy, give me till Tuesday. Nah, Come on. on. I, I guarantee that guy's sitting with his eyes closed right now. It's it's just a matter. Oh yeah, I'm dying. Hey, he's ninety eight years old. Like I like I, I feel bad making these jokes, but like the no. man lived a hell of a life. No, it's not only that. About four years ago, he had brain cancer that nobody lives through at his age, and he lived another four years. <laughs> he survived. Another I think four. it was at that point where I looked around at people at work going, "This guy's never fucking dying. Like he's never it's not happening." Now my, grandparents, my grandparents go to 83. This guy's going to live to be 183. This is bullshit. Now, obviously, he, and he's the oldest living president ever. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you for joining us next week. We will discuss, well, we will see next week what day we're doing this. And you'll have to get an update of what, smack, what went on SmackDown for me and Johnny, as well as with Uncle Johnny, or we'll talk before that, depending on how things work out. It makes sense if you just think you about just it. decipher it. Yeah, just decipher it. It's fine. You'll get it. Um, but otherwise, we will see what happens with Aaron Rodgers, the Jets, the Giants, and baseball season as spring games start literally tomorrow. So that's it. We're getting there. You got everybody have a great week. We will see you next week, and we will start also talking about the draft here coming soon. So that is it, Uncle Johnny. Thank you as always. You too, bud. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All right, uh, Johnny Boy, I hope you had a good uh, Friday night hanging out with uh, Gracie. Um, but, yeah, we will see you next time on the Fumble 3 Zone podcast.